Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Greg Prado, author of the books Take It Off, Kiss Truly Unmasked, as well as The Eric Carr Story, amongst many others. You're listening to the Shattered Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Rock and roll! Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place. Because the album review crew is back with episode 18. We are calling this one, We Are Love Hungry Men, on the way to the promised land, even though we're known to be a touch too much when we meet girls who have rhythm. Tommy, Zeus, how are you? How did you not get beating around the bush into your intro there? That was like, you can't do every lyric. All right. All right. All right. Hey, Sonny, what's up? Zeus, what's up? We're back at it. Oh, man. I'm fired up for this one. I'm, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Yeah. Once in a while, we hit these like kind of like out on the beaten path, like unknown albums, unknown bands, but we like them. So we decided to talk about them. And we came up with. Act DC, something like that. This new Australian band, yeah. Um, Parkway to Hell, something like that. Yeah, let's let's give it a try and we'll see what we think. Yeah, new release should be pretty good. <laughs> this could be rough. What do you? How could this be rough? <laughs> Only Sunny Pooney can friggin' come in with negativity for Highway to Hell. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> This is going to be rough if I hear any negativity about this album. <laughs> Go ahead. If you have negativity towards Highway to Hell, it's because you are seeking it out. You're manufacturing it. But that's okay. That's what this is for. That's what this is for. And let, let's be clear for everybody that might not be aware, this is the group pick. The group yeah. picks, as as with our, they trend, you know, Appetite for Destruction, Pyromania, Blizzard of Oz. These are all big, big albums. So... Uh, and Highway to Hell is about as big as it gets. So, and I know you guys try to keep like kind of the Kiss episodes 
and the bonus episodes a little bit separated because it's two mm-hmm. different animals. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, things cross-reference. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Jericho was on Uh-oh. a couple of weeks ago. Uh-oh. By the time week? this is out. By the time this is out, it'll be a couple of weeks, won't it? Eh, one or two weeks, perhaps. But go ahead. Jericho was on a little while ago. And he there had some go. things to say. And I wanted to make sure that I respond. Um, so I've got a Uh-oh. few things. One. Oh, God. Yes, Jericho did put an invite out there. I had to choose between my beautiful wife and Jericho. Come on. How long, how long, how long did it take you to make that decision? Uh, less than three and a half milliseconds. Okay. <laughs> right. I didn't think about it twice. <laughs> okay. Two. We travel in packs. And what I mean by we. And we do it in the back. That's right. (laughs) That's all you do when you do it. Doggy style. It won't be. Doggy style. It won't be just me and Danny. Tom knows what I'm talking about, right? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry, Sonny. I had to cut it. You set that one up on a tee. That was a, that was a layup, but go ahead. So I was going to say we travel in packs, but I don't want to. We do it from the back. So on the Kiss Cruise, it just won't be me and Danny as representing the Poonies. There'll be Jackie, Sally, Betty, Shawnee, Gilly, Harley, <laughs> Kaylee, Leslie, Nancy, Riley, Sherry, Vinny, Wiley, Georgie, Anthony, Maddie, Mikey, Kylie, Marley, Sammy, Shelly, Shirley, and Marty, just to <laughs> let you know. And we look forward to having chocolate chip can- pancakes and ice cream with you on the Kiss Cruise in the morning. Wow. Okay. He'll, he'll, the love, he'll love that. He'll love that. And then the last thing I have for Jericho, he said that, you know, Danny and I, that he would kind of get us drunk on some tequila and maybe we don't, we're not around no more. All I have to say to that is you cheap ass tequila. What is a bottom (laughs) shelf fucking tequila? Like I don't need 50 year old Glenn Fittich, but it's got to at least be like blue label Johnny Walker. You're not going to like goad me into disappearance with goddamn Jose Cuervo. I think his, I think his goal is to just get you. Under the weather enough where he can just easily tip you over the edge of that cruise ship. He doesn't care what you go and what you're drinking. He's going to fucking load you up on some Grey Goose and give you a Judas effect. When no one's looking, just elbow you straight off the cruise and be like, hey, what happened to Pooney? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love Jericho. He's the man. And we're all going to be hanging out on the cruise. Hopefully. That's we'll, be a ton of we'll, fun, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. That, that could be. That could be. Oh, boy. Yikes. I, mean, I I haven't done a will yet. Zeus, I know you're an attorney. Maybe you can reference, recommend me because before I get on that ship, I need to make sure my affairs are in order in case my wife and son never see me again after that thing. We'll talk yes, about it's that. Gonna be, it's going to be uh, pretty chaotic with the four of us there. Our friend Steve oh. will be there from Potter Than Hell. And then obviously the bands. We just did Rat. Segway. Yep. Yep. Uh, Fozzie will be there. Uh, your shitty band Queensryche will be there. Yes. Uh, who else will be there? Uh, Bruce and his group. Bruce, Bruce and, his, and group. his group. Yep. Oh yeah, Kiss will be performing too. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Kiss. Yeah, the, the band called Kiss will be there too. But whatever. <laughs> Actually, won't Black and Blue be there? Well, no, and one, I'm par- no, one fourth no, of them. I, I no, and, and I'm asking <laughs> that because I thought I, I thought I remembered somebody talking it about does how it that's- matter. No, but my point in asking that is how is that going to work if Tommy Thayer is in Kiss in Black and Blue? Because I, I swear to God, Black and Blue is on the cruise. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't give a you shit. You do realize Tommy hasn't been in Black and Blue in 20 years. Of course. No, I know that. I know that. Well, they're Bruce not. And to- 
Listen, Tommy, you're in kiss, <laughs> not black and blue. Tommy, if there's time permitting, put my luggage in the back, get to my dog, pick up after him, and then if you have time, go join Black and Blue, the band I discovered. <laughs> exactly. And now, and now they're performing on the Kiss Crude, performing on stage 12 and bartending duties in the lower decks. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. You ready to do this? What did we do last month? So last month we did Rat Detonator. That was Zeus's pick. And boy, oh boy, did people love Detonator. Wow, good for Zeus. He he got a lot of love for that one. Um, He didn't get a lot of love from us, but he got a lot of love from the (laughs) listeners. (laughs) My co-hosts weren't big fans. Tom was kind of in the middle. I was in the middle on it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sonny, not really. Jabs at it constantly. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now, though, for our poll. So every every episode we do, you know, best song. We it wasn't even close. Absolutely shattered the amount of votes for a bonus poll. It, this really? was I I could not believe it. it. Not even close. How many votes we got on the rat? Maybe because it was in the middle of our Kiss Madness tournament, Tom. I think that or because so and so got involved too. That, that exactly. So we'll talk about that. So the options for the song were top secret, shame, 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 love and use a dirty job and giving yourself away, love and use a dirty job and giving yourself away. We're battling it out for a while. And then at the end, love and use a dirty job came out on top 40%, giving yourself away 33%, shame, 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 24. And then top secret came in there with 3% ton of votes. Um, but it was exciting for us because uh, we had a lot of comments from from people as usual saying how much they love the album, they love the pick, they love the songs. But then Stephen Piercy himself jumps in on the poll and says, "I think I'm going to add giving yourself away into the set." Why? <laughs> I have one question, Stephen. Why? Oh no! So so then it gets even better because then Zeus decides to jump in there. And throw you guys under the bus. Oh, it was terrific. I loved it. I loved it. Especially Poonie, right? I'm good with it because I got both middle fingers in the air as the person's driving the bus. I don't give a Oh, come on, man. I stick to what I said. Yeah, it was wrong then. It's wrong now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you on that too. Yeah, it's, it's not a good song. So you're both, you're both. (laughs) You, yeah, we're both wrong. That's fine. We're both wrong. But yeah, so then Stephen Piercy jumped in again because Zeus threw me and Sonny under the bus. <laughs> and that- <laughs> what did I say? Be fair. Yeah. I love you, Stephen, but my two co-hosts fucking hate you. That's what I pretty much. I- that was it. Pretty- no, I think I put in there. I love this song. This song is great. Can't believe my two co-hosts didn't like this, especially Sonny Pooney. Who said this is the worst song ever of the seventeen previous albums we reviewed? Yeah, and that's and of over like two hundred songs. Yeah, and that <laughs> it's be hard I, to find a worse one. To be honest with you, look, I, I'm 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 on I'm on Zeus's side here. It's not the that's worst. Just you being that's just seriously you being sunny and being a troll. But like I know Zeus likes this song. Yeah, it's the worst fucking song. Oh. Something might surprise you later today. Uh, hold on, because that's Steve- ridiculous. Hold, hold on, because then Stephen Piercy responded to Zeus's t- 
tweet and he said, the song was written by me, Desmond Child and Diane Warren, giving yourself away. It was a huge step in our music. We had really never written a ballad. We got close. And then he referenced closer to my heart written by Robin Crosby himself. Uh, He said, giving yourself away was a special song. So Stephen Stephen Piercy, passionate about that song. Should be Uh, a good song. Here's what I heard in that comment. Uh It wasn't completely my fault. I had other people helping me. That shit show was or, not all me. Or he's saying, uh, I got two Grammy award winning number one hit songwriters on this with me to write this. Uh, I'll stand by what I'm saying. What fucking song have you written? Oh, and fucking the co-writes on Tuff's fourth single doesn't count. <laughs> Hey, Tuff's fourth single. That sold three copies. Don't That's shit on right. that song. And it wouldn't be dead last on my list. And Righty <laughs> bought and and, and, the, and right, Righty Righty bought all three copies of Tuff's fourth single. I love so, I love their work. Yeah. What are you talking about? They were they fantastic. Their acoustic sets are amazing on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Fantastic. <laughs> their bootleg box set live in Casino Hall basement at Stone Hill College, circa ninety eight. <laughs> Tough rocks Honduras. <laughs> the monster of rock cruise at 12 42 in the bottom fucking cabana (laughs) oh see this is this is gonna be bad poor tough sonny just said poor tough they're the shit band. We didn't pick poison this time. Or who's our other go-to that boy gets all the shit? Ron Keel. <laughs> Who the, the cowboy rocker? The metal cowboy, Tom. Oh, get that's it right. A, that's, a, that's a metal cowboy. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, all right. So let's get back to the poll. So we had a lot of comments. I'll tell you right now, I was absolutely blown away. And it was one of those things where I'm like, Wow, maybe our Sonny and me, are we off on this? Yes. Dude, do you, I know, I know, I know. So many people really love giving yourself away, they, and they voted for that. I'm like, how? I don't get it. I don't get it. We what got was, one I liked. What was the, what was the, did you already mention the rankings? Yeah, uh, 40% went to love and use a dirty job, and then uh, giving yourself away came second at 33. What were the other 30. two? Uh, we had, it was uh shame, shame, shame at 24 top secret at three. Oh, so t- top secret, top secret, way better than 3%, but it was yeah. never, it wasn't really going to compete against those other ones. Uh, but oh, we did have somebody here. Our buddy Kevin's on fire. Stick stickman said, I like all these songs, but top secret is so badass. I cannot believe it's taken such a beating. That's a good song. I like that. Uh, a lot of people loving shame. I think I think our buddy Jericho said shame 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 was his pick for that yeah, off detonator. He yep. said that to us. Yep. Yep. Um, so a lot of another comment here from Canadian cartoonist saying I cannot believe how poorly Top Secret is doing. Has anyone who voted even heard this track? It is the best on the album. Wow. Um, a lot I was of people in the same thing when giving yourself away was doing well. Has anybody ever heard this track actually? <laughs> because there's no way this could be this well. I had top secret number one as well. Yeah. And then a lot of people writing in one step away. Yikes. Woo. Good song. Uh, Randy Lee jumped in and said, I play shame loud enough to make the windows rattle. But hey, to say a favorite is like saying which child you like the best. 
Gee, dude, if you're comparing detonator to your children, uh, I don't know. God bless your children. <laughs> Wish you luck in the future. Say your prayer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we had a write-in vote for hard time. I, I like that one. I like hard oh, time. Oh, I like that one. Um, so that's a Twitter feedback there. And uh, let, let's get into some, uh, let's, let's quickly get into some episode specific um, feedback that we had on this too, because that's, that was the poll feedback. Okay. So uh, we, yeah, we like to get, we like to get into some of the episode specific feedback. And I'll tell you right now, we had our, we had our kiss album madness tournament going on in, in the middle of this. So I think a lot of people are excited about just voting in general. Um, so a couple comments here, our buddy deuce. Zeus, I've never agreed with you more. Giving yourself away is awesome. The melody, the lyrics, and especially Steven's vocals. Dude, he had to have been listening to that song on mute. Like his speakers <laughs> weren't his speakers were unplugged. There's no way. None of that Smart makes any man. sense. Good job, Deuce. Uh yeah, whatever. My rock and roll heaven. Uh I really really underrated album that for reasons I don't understand takes a lot of shit. Great songs, great production, and even a decent ballad, LOL. Look, I'll be honest with you. When I first listened to the album, I was like, eh. By the time we got around to the review, I did like it a little bit more. It had its issues, but it's not its not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, a lot of people like this album. Like, big fans here. A lot of comments here. Our buddy Steve jumping in. Deuce again. Joel Hoffman. Good one, guys. Rat should have been up there with the big 80s bands. Just couldn't get that... Big push like Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, Poison, and a few others, but had some great songs. I'm with Z. I love giving yourself away. It's a great song. And then he says, this dude shreds and posts a picture of that politician guy that looked like the guitar player from rap. When you Google the songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you Googled his name, yeah. Harry Kilgore, I think. Yes, his name is, yeah, right? Yes. The politician with the mustache. Yep. Twisted Kister said, uh, this is definitely my Zeus is my oh, here we go. He says, Zeus is my favorite member of the album review crew this month. The album is fantastic. Pop metal rap rat is awesome. Christopher Hamilton. I love rat. However, they didn't lack from opportunities. They had songs featured in Point Brank, The Golden Child, Weird Science. They had an MTV unplugged. They toured heavily. They were as big as they could get. And that's fine with me. It's actually a good point. They were saturated throughout the eighties with a lot of, a lot of chances to really make the leap. I thought they were big enough, but I don't know. Uh, so that's Twitter feedback there. A lot of, a lot I of think good they stuff. Were, I think they had a lot of good songs. They didn't have that one song to propel them after round and round. And that was the problem. And the problem with they had a lot of good songs. You can hear one on MTV. You can see a video, but they're, you know, they're popular for a month. Then the next video comes out and somebody else, you know, washes it away. They and the didn't problem, have and the, something. And the, and the problem with Rounded Round is it came out too early. Yeah. It was too early in their career. If it came out uh, like maybe two or three years later, maybe that could have pushed them. But when it came out, it was just, it was too early. Quiet Riot, same thing. If they came out a little bit later, they'd probably be a bit bigger band than they are and last yeah. longer. I don't know. We were just talking about this the other day. I think for me personally, other than Quiet Riot's big hits that still stand the test of time, I think those albums are not very good. That's just me. But no, I yeah. I get you. I'm just saying yeah. that they weren't um and they weren't big in the middle of a big like push for that genre. Yeah, uh, they were yeah, big on its own. Yeah, and then they faded after that, and they couldn't yeah. keep up with the rest of the gang. Yeah, yeah, there was uh. And you know we've we've talked about this on other podcasts too, but for me the rat thing is 
One is they're not handsome men, yeah. right? So well, they were gonna... girls loved. Yeah, girls but they weren't going to sell. Piercy, and they loved Robin Crosby. And Warren's not a bad looking guy. Yeah, they just the weren't going to sell. The other little midget guy in, in the drummer, not really bad looking. Yeah, but they weren't going to sell like Bon Jovi was on posters. Like that yeah. just wasn't yeah. going to happen. The pop thing came too late, right? Yeah. So this, this detonator thing is now 90, right? Yep. And that's too late because there was a lot of pop metal on the charts in the late 80s. And then whether anybody wants to believe me or not, dude, I absolutely hate that pile of shit. Every rose has its thorn, but you got to have the big ballad if you're going to be big in yep. the mid-80s. That's just how it is. And if you weren't going to have a vocalist that could really, truly pull it off. And they couldn't. And it just, it hurt you. You mean to tell me that you think uh, every rose, whatever that fucking song is, like his vocals is what made that song popular? It was a fucking ballad when he was like a pretty boy that the chicks liked, and he just sang it. I don't and think he was Piercy like, oh, couldn't God, do what it. A, what a performance. But, no, but Piercy but, could but, do that I, if he wanted to. But Brett's, Brett's vocals on that song were a little bit more soulful and, 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 than Cut Stephen Piercy. Brett's vocals is not what you would call a soulful singer. What I'm, saying, what I'm saying is Stephen Piercy's voice is too dirty and raspy to pull off a ballad like that. He couldn't, and, and, and Motley Crue had Home Sweet Home. Poison had Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Warrant had Heaven. Skid Row had I Remember You. All these bands had these I, ballads I, that... You're right. You have that. You, you have, you're absolutely right. But I'm just saying... Every like, I just take exception to like. I see what you're saying. Michael's his vocals. His no, vocals but a fucking brutal. He sounds like he speaks. He doesn't even sing. It's the whole oh. package. Yeah, and Stephen couldn't pull that off. That's well, the difference. He write it. I hate it. I but absolutely hate write one. Poison song. No, no, I, no. Sonny, Sonny was saying that he hates the song by Poison. All I'm saying they okay. never even wrote really one. You know, even giving yourself away is not really a traditional. Like love song ballad, right? right. Yeah, and that's my point exactly. Is, is you had to have that to have sustaining power. Yeah, even even, even Dawkins even Dawkins tried it a few times and it didn't work. And, and, and Dawkins got some good ones though. But that's Rose, why Dawkins really stayed in the middle of the pack like Rat, yeah. right? Wouldn't you say that's why they're both at the same spot where they are, right they're around that same level? What's that, Sonny? They were they're not super handsome men. No, they're not. not <laughs> that's not an ugly band though. It's just, it's the point of not ugly, like fucking the guy with no teeth that we're going to talk about. Not that. I'm talking about about teenagers out there buying poster after poster after poster after poster because of the poses. Yeah. Right. And that's not really what Dawkins was. Right. Yeah. It's not like they were, it's not like, you know, they, with the posters they had of, you know, Phil Rudd. Cliff, you know, and Cliff Williams. We're going to get into the lead singer needs to be like a heartthrob. Absolutely. Fat as Vince Neil is now, that's right. He was back then. Yep. So was Brett Michaels. Yep. So was Bon Jovi. So yep. is David Lee Roth. That helps. Don Dawkin in his goofy fucking urban sombrero he was wearing in the videos is not what you would call a handsome leading man. No. And da- and Dawkin was 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 hard rock at that time too. They weren't Dawkins. They, they weren't, they were a little bit more edgy. I mean, they played Mont. They played the monsters of rock. I mean, like back when monsters of rock was not a joke, but like they played Mo- I mean, like they were, they were like a, a heavier band in retrospect. They kind of were the similar to the rest of them, but they weren't like a pop, metal band at that t- at the time they weren't considered that no but they were like kind of in the middle they were yeah like, 
between the Bon Jovi looks and the yes. fucking Ronnie James Deal looks, you know? <laughs> Gandalf? <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, the guy was in a band called Elf. I mean, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> looks like an elf all right uh, all right let's get over to fa- facebook okay uh over on facebook we got a bunch uh brad rustoven what a coincidence just covered rat on my podcast last week talked a bit about this album out of the first five rat albums this lands at number five for me not a bad album just doesn't sound like rat with all the desmond child influence okay. however Heads I Win, Tails You Lose is the best song on here. Sounds like rat to me. Uh, great backing vocals. Love the chorus backing vocal coming in just a second late. And I'm not sure I understand the hate for giving yourself away. Great bridge and chorus. Great song. And no, it's not worse than nothing can keep me from you. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of Heads I Win and Tails I Lose, here's a great live version with Warren. And he posts uh, a clip of that. Uh, Charles Eaton. Was going to wait till I finished the, listen to the entire episode. Then I heard two voices in the room. Disparage giving yourself away. Oh, my God. One voice of reason in appropriate music taste. Pulled the rest of the critique out of the flame of your ridiculous dislike of the song. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. The two who do not deserve to have their names mentioned that hated this song are so expressly incorrect. Dude, that's like very polite to say they're wrong. But love this album. Love their first power band. And loving you podcast is a dirty job, guys. Even when two of you deserve a very big shame, shame, shame. I give them points for creativity on in, sticking in the song titles in there. But, uh, <laughs> dude, why are people so passionate about a bad song? <laughs> Matt Wallace, this album is fun and underrated. For fuck's sake, it's rat. On that note, Bridget Fonda is still a smoke show and Sonny Bukaki needs to just admit he wants to toss her salad. Great album pick, kids. I saw her in another movie. I was watching some movie last week. And here comes Bridget Fonda. I'm like, oh, why, why is she in every movie now? I watch? Dude, go watch Jackie Brown. Go watch it in a movie. I love that movie. Yes. Go watch Jackie Brown and tell me she looks like a boy in Jackie. She looks Brown. like a boy. I love that movie. She looks like a boy. God Almighty. God. Give me Jackie Brown any day over her. I won't argue with that. I won't argue with that. Pam <laughs> Grayer. Good God, she's a Foxy Brown in that movie. Damn. Oh. All right, keep going, Zeus. I went off the track there. That's all right. Who's that big? I can't even say. It. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> That's the best line. Um, listen, uh, Daniel Peoples, listening to the album again. First, I had Rat, which had about five songs off this album. So it took a while to actually buy Detonator. But first thoughts are that this album is by far the most enjoyable listening to of in the series of yours. What? Appetite and Super Unknown are better albums for me, but Rap's pop metal is perfection. I absolutely love the late early early uh, late eighties early nineties era of rap. That pop polish hits the spot. Woo! Great job, Daniel. Dear God, Michael Rowan. Great episode. Enjoyed it. Once I made it through painfully all the comments on Hailstorm. Oh, let's, come let's on. Let's go off on a tangent on, on Lizzie Hale for the next 20 minutes, too. Again, you oh, want to? Maybe. 
I posted a photo of her making out with some oh. chick yesterday. Oh, oh. I oh. think Sonny just recovered oh. again. Oh, Sonny Buk- Bukaki's back. <laughs> she, she was looking good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, that was good. I haven't listened to that episode. I don't care for the band. I don't get all the excitement about a hot female rocker. I think what? we think we're like we're like oh oh I've never seen a hot chick rocker before. <laughs> oh my god, I can't control myself. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> no one's gonna say anything. No, I, I don't know. I was just like thinking of Lizzie Hale making out with that chick in that picture. That's <laughs> oh oh fucking oh. nerds, bunch of nerds. Never seen a hot chick before. Uh, reminds me of the way my wife chooses the movies she likes. Cute guys in it must be good. Nah, they do far too many cover tunes for my liking. Give me the originals. Joan Jett would lick. I mean, kick her butt. Go ahead, Sonny. I'll give this one to you. Comments? Uh, first of all, Joan Jett would not kick her butt. <laughs> and second of all, uh, yeah, I'm stuck there too. Nicola Bial, uh, we're watching that movie. Why? Because Denzel's in it. Okay, I guess we're watching the movie because Denzel. Denzel Washington too. Good looking. <laughs> oh, I'm taking him too. Denzel's a good looking man. Good looking man. He's looking yeah. good. Looking uh, good. Rick Rarer, Rat and Roll, featuring Desmond Child. Um, uh, over on Loudcasters page. Woo! The comments are flying over there. Uh, guys, Corey Thomas. Guys, just listen to this episode, as always, enjoyed it, loved it. As a Rat fan, I had to wonder, what the fuck is Sonny and Tommy thinking? Great songs on this album. Jesus. I I can't believe the beating you two got taken. I love it. I love it. Bring Um, it on, baby. Exactly. Here we go. Jepson. Kevin Jepson. Oh, boy. Yes. All I can say is Zeus is the man. Giving yourself away is fucking awesome. Yeah, see, this is bizarre. I don't get this. Number one, shame. Two, giving yourself away. Three, dirty job. I love that you guys were all over the place on this one. Another stellar review. Thanks, uh, Kevin. Bill Algie. I'll be damned. Been listening to this today. Great record. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Michael Anderson. Great show from an okay album. Poor Poonhound. Got stood up more times from Stephen Piercy than he's had hot dinners. <laughs> Poor Sonny. And uh, I wasn't. Oh, it was me. I was like, I don't think this was me, but I guess it was. I wrote back to my yes, like all podcasters, he's not missing out on many meals. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Max Lynch. I can't quite put my finger on it. But there's something about Rat that doesn't capture my interest, regardless of albums after out of the set. I'll listen to them if they come on the radio, but never go out of my way to put them on myself. And that's a probably problem with Rat, and that's why they never made it to the next level. Exactly. Uh, yep. Brian Foster, you know, I completely forgot about Top Secret. It's a killer track. I put it number three behind Shame and Loving You. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Ray Farrell, great review as always, but it reminded me why I listened to this album maybe five times and never again. Loving you, shame, and top secret are great. The rest is just pure rat shit. Like the bulk <laughs> of the material after the EP, Out of the Cellar, and Invasion. Tom wins the day on this line. It would still feel better listening to Giving Yourself Away after Zeus said, sit on a spiked hairy cock. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ almighty. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Graham Richley. 
I stopped buying rap before this album, so I never heard this before. Thanks, Zeus. This thing rocks. I dare say it's better than most of their album because someone who knows how to write catchy songs helped them out. It may not be one of, for the rap purists, but she's 100% better than a lot of awful hair metal. Mm. Oh, uh, Max Lynch had asked us, where's All System Go on the album review? Because it wasn't oh, yeah. in our rankings, and that's on because it was reviewed by the Kiss portion of this podcast uh yes. adam nickmeyer i like the ep and love the album i also overlooked this at the time with all the good albums dr Philgood, cherry pie flesh and blood racer's edge heartbreak station empire released around then zeus had the correct opinion on one step away terrible poison opinion though oh he doesn't like that we don't like well i don't like poison i don't know about you guys mm-hmm. uh Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Our local radio station, Max Lynch, Piercy also has given an interview about playing at the Whiskey Tonight. Uh, and that's it for Loudcasters over on YouTube. YouTube. Devin Dungan. Great episode, guys. When you guys are talking about Terry Kilgore during <laughs> All or Nothing, that interesting thing with him is that he was the lead guitarist for David Lee Roth on Your Filthy Little Mouth. Wow. And Colt's guitarist on the DLR band. His style of playing was actually a huge influence the way Eddie Van Halen played. Oh, awesome review of an extremely underrated re- record. Thanks, oh, Devin. Thanks. Nice. Mark Stewart. Eddie Murphy was a fan of Rat. That's why their video was featured in his movie, Golden Child. If you don't believe me, Google it. Oh, shit. Yes. Good call. Yeah. Because it was so, Slip of the Lip, right? I think. Uh, Wasn't that was, the song that was? Oh, was it Dance? Oof. Body Talk. It was Body Talk. That's what oh, it was. that song sucks. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that's what I got, Tom. Any uh, right. any other feedback? Uh, Sonny's got a few emails he's going to jump in on. So Anthony Barone, uh, a late one in on Hailstorm here. Uh, guys, especially who the fuck is Sonny Pooney? Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks for the introduction to the Hailstorm album. Album reminds me of when I was 10, listening to the Rumors album. My parents... 
I would have people over and this and Chicago was always playing in the background. Sex was all over the rumors record. Wow. I started noticing Stevie Nicks voice and lyrics big time, a lot different than listening to a live or uh, the song sounds the same or all worlds a stage. Um, then later in 93, started listening to Jagged Little Pill. I would put the CD on when he, he was on a date and uh, you know where the night ended up. I'm sure Sonny used this many times. Uh, no, not Alanis Morissette. No, I was uh, at that point. I was with Silk. Oh, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that that Alanis Morissette album. That was that's a good. That was a and good album. Joshua Caddison. Go look up Joshua. Oh Caddison. God, I know Put who that he is too. Instant getting late. Uh, now baby. twenty. <laughs> now twenty twenty one. As I'm writing this, I'm cranking away on tax returns for clients and still jamming to the Hailstorm CD every day since the bonus episode. Sex is all over this record. Also brought everything back around full circle. Thanks for everything you guys are doing. And he's going to refrain from any rush requests. I uh, appreciate it. Oh, come on, Tony. Thank you, Anthony. Great email. Thank you. And you never, you never know. Rush could come down the road soon. Who knows? Oh, good Lord. Yep. Tony Smith on detonator. This is a decent album. I'm with Zeus on giving yourself away though. I was like Tommy or Sonny when I first heard it, it grew on me over time. My take on the song is the first time I heard it. I swore it was Joe Elliott singing. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. It has a Def Leppard feel to me. Uh, new mm. album as a whole, four out of five stars. Speaking of stars, an idea I wanted to go over with you guys is maybe we could do a chart, a star child rating one to five stars on every album. So it's an idea. Also wonder if you guys had any thoughts on picking one song from each album reviewed to create a bonus episode of greatest hits. I don't know. Maybe someday, Tony, keep yeah, the well, ideas I mean, coming. buddy. I mean that, that, yeah, but I mean, you could interpret that as just taking our number one ranked song from every album review. And that would be the greatest hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but again, true. but again, appreciate the feedback and appreciate the ideas. Who knows? The show's always evolving with new ideas anyways, but thank you, Tony, as always, my friend. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, what we usually do at this point, we, uh, pivot and go into, the actual album we're reviewing today And this is a group pick And we've been thinking about doing something for ACDC For quite some time We were going to do the uh, The obvious Oh we got to do Back in Black It had a big uh, anniversary this year Or last year mm-hmm. And uh, we were going to do it last year But we thought there was just too much on it Everybody was doing it So let's just wait and then, uh, you know, we came to deciding to do this year again. We were like, we got to do ACDC. And uh, instead, we went with uh, Highway to Hell, the Bond Scott era. And uh, it, it's uh, our album uh, pick by the group. Uh, next time will be Sonny's pick. Me. And um, Next pick will be me. Oh, I thought we were going to skip over you because you said Rush. So I, <laughs> not to, I didn't say Rush would be my next pick. It, it'll oh, be okay. soon. Anyway, regardless, I know I've been looking forward to this. I know you've been looking forward to this. What we don't know (laughs) is that troll over there on the right. So, Sonny, you want to have some comments about uh, ACDC? Or uh, do you want to lead us off about how you got into the band and this album? And let's let's get started. Yeah, yeah. So, MTV Kid and... (laughs) mid eighties, the two videos that played over and over and over were who made who, and you shook me all night long. Right. And I, I swear, I thought you shook me all night long was a mid eighties song. I had no idea at the time 
that it was on Back in Black because they were re-releasing it for the soundtrack, right? So it was on mm-hmm. MTV constantly. Um, and, you know, I was like, eh, that's okay. Like, I, you know, I was into a Rat and Motley Crue and some of this other stuff, and I'm like, eh, it's okay, but uh, I won't turn it off. But it's not doing anything special for me. Then I started going to see live shows in um, 86 onward. Any live show I went to, ACDC songs were playing. Right? I'm like, how is it possible every show I go to has ACDC and Led Zeppelin songs? There's no other music in this world. Like, no matter who is playing, when the roadies are setting up, you just, you end up, you almost end up hearing all of these popular songs just by going to other people's concerts, you don't even got to own the music, right? Because these guys were not what you would call handsome men, and they were not all over MTV except for those two songs. So to me, because I'm an MTV kid, my introduction is Brian Johnson is the lead singer. I will tell you every day that goes by in the last five to six years, I am more and more a Bon Scott fan. I enjoy more Bon Scott ACDC than I do Brian Johnson ACDC. And uh, we'll get to why that is. But uh, so I didn't really get into Bon Scott type ACDC probably till the early 90s almost. Because I couldn't really tell the difference between the two voices early on. Because, you know, in this, you're at a concert, it's just blaring. You can't really pick out like, oh, that's a different singer or that's a third basis and tough. Like you don't know <laughs> that kind of shit when you're, when you're at a concert, I was just enjoying the music. And, uh, I think the first ACDC album I really got was back in black and then slowly added things to my collection. So that's kind of my ACDC story. All right. So for me, so highway to hell comes out in 79. I'm six years old. As I've said many times on a lot of these other albums, uh, album review crew episodes, um, I have a sister that's four years older than me. So she was 10 when this came out. Um, I'll get back to Highway to Hell, but kind of move ahead to Back in Black, and especially for those about to rock. It was weird because six, seven, eight years old, you know, my sister's 10, 11, 12. We were really, really into music, like rock music. Like we would obsessively listen to the Boston rock stations. MTV hadn't come out yet around this time when, when, when highway to hell and back in black. Uh, But I remember my sister buying the, for those about to rock vinyl with an, with the gatefold. It's not the kiss alive Two gatefold, but it's a pretty fucking killer gatefold. Uh, And to this day, I love that album. I think it's very underrated. That was almost going to be a bonus pick for this show, but I didn't get around to it. So I like, like Sonny, I started with the Brian Johnson era uh, ACDC, my ACDC love is it's, it's weird because what I love of ACDC, I really, really love, but I'm not a catalog full discography ACDC fan. I stopped pretty much following them after for those about to rock paid attention to the hits that came off a lot of those other albums, revisited them a little bit when, when black ice came out, I thought that had some good stuff. Um, but like Sonny also, <clears throat> a little bit later on is when I really went backwards into the Bon Scott catalog. And to me, it's just night and day. Bon Scott all the way. I love Back in Black. And like I said, I love For Those About to Rock. We'll get into the details about why I like Bon Scott, in particular Highway to Hell. Um, but 
I'm an ACDC fan. One of my biggest regrets as a concert goer is ACDC is one of the few bands I never got a chance to see live. And I, I, I regret that tremendously. I wish I could have seen them. Uh, but to this day, they're a band that I love. Listen to them routinely. Got my son into them. He likes them. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this album because this is, this is an important album for me because I did get into it very, very young, probably a lot longer than I probably should have, especially when highway to hell came out the song itself. All right. So for me, um, I, I have the same story. It was my older cousin, Mike, who got me into kiss. They had their Zeppelin stuff on the wall. And I remember ACDC and I remember hearing about somebody dying but I remember back in black, you know, you're a kid, you have like these memories that go in and out, but you don't remember exactly who they're talking or referring to. But I also remember back as a little kid, we're talking about, you know, me in the third or fourth grade or something like that, dirty deeds. And my mm-hmm. cousins around going around dirty deeds, singing the song and the lyrics and stuff older. And I remember the writing ACDC, not even knowing what they were. You write ACDC on a notepad, Led Zeppelin. You start doing the kiss stuff and on your, your books and stuff. But I just remembered all the older ACDC stuff. I remember those old videos on MTV, which were like kind of grainy, but there'd be concert videos of mm-hmm. bands. Do you remember like triumphs yep. videos? It always oh, yeah. I just remember for those about to rock video was always on. I never liked that song. I never liked, and that's why I was like, ah, ACD is up. But I got into Back in Black, and I remember Highway to Hell and stuff. When I finally realized there were two singers as I grew up and got older, I'm like, that guy's got a fucking, like, a, a more, like, a melodic voice, soulful voice than that guy that was, you know, I call him that guy, but Brian Johnson, basically. Where Brian Johnson's got gravel in his voice And you can hardly understand any fucking word he's saying um, And Brian Johnson's not going to do anything Other than he's a Aussie type of singer This is him And he's an Aussie Stephen Piercy, Brian Johnson That's those singers They're not going to do anything different But you like their voice It's a good voice It fits their music uh, I, I listen to Bon Scott And so afterwards when I got into high school And college and stuff I went backwards and I fell in love with the Bond Scott era of ACDC and highway to hell is just, it's off the charts for me. And uh, even all the earlier stuff that you start picking out favorite songs and favorite deep cuts from ACDC. And then I, I, you know, I've stayed along. I think I have every single album they've had. I even got the uh, older Australian versions Hmm. of their albums, which are not easy to find. I had to order them from fucking Russia. To wow. get the yep. Dirty Deeds Australian version, mm-hmm. high voltage and stuff, and TNT. Mm-hmm. I got those. Okay. So, um, Highway to Hell is just just so iconic. And it's just one of those things that I feel like... And we, we have this discussion when we talk about music. I've yet to ever have a discussion with somebody who's... I'm not talking pop guy. I'm talking about anybody in our circle of friends that likes hard rock, rock, metal type music. Ever heard anybody in my life say these two things about two bands. There's only two bands. I've heard people say Kiss is nonsense. I've heard people say, ah, I'm not into Zeppelin. Two bands I've never heard of anybody say, ah, that's Van Halen and that's ACDC. 
I have yet to hear anybody be like, ah, Van Halen. Someone might say, ah, I don't like the Hagar stuff. But no one says shit about Van Halen. No one says shit about ACDC. I don't know if you can, like, if you like hard rock or heavy metal, any of that stuff, I think it's like, it's like literally impossible in the senses in the brain to play any ACD music with those riffs and the way they go and to like this music, like, yeah, but I don't like this. It's impossible. If this is in your DNA, you have to like this. It's like the bloodline of hard rock and heavy metal is ACDC. More so than anything, they are fucking consistent down the line. This is what they do, and you like it. You you can't complain. So all of a sudden, thrash comes in. This that people still like ACDC. All of a sudden, death metal comes in. People still like ACDC. Soft soft uh, metal um, becomes a little fucking disco-y. ACDC is still doing their shit. I can't explain it. I think they are the poster child. If one band can to put up on that pedestal, it's ACDC. I can't think of anybody else that would represent hard rock slash metal better because I don't think Zeppelin is the they they're too uh, defined like their their type of music can go into folk blues hard rock rock metal it's all over the place but if you want to say hard rock metal the king of the mountains is ACDC consistently through the years that's the king there's no one close look at the albums dude they've sold more records more records than rolling the rolling stones who would have fucking thought that because you know Kiss had already had the greatest upcoming and they started downfalling. ACDC haven't even ascended to the top yet by then. And then they come out of nowhere after their biggest album, their lead singer dies, and then they just fucking shoot to the moon and, and, and just destroy Kiss in the charts and every other band as they are. And then everyone starts going back to their back catalog and be like, holy shit, this is incredible too. So I'm not like some of you would say, oh, ACDC is a top five band for you. Top 10. No, but I love them and I can respect them and I know what I'm getting with them. I I can't. I mean, honestly, I can't think of any other band that would represent this type of music that we like as being higher on the mountain than ACDC. ACDC is always that they're always that band. And you said it, Zeus. They're always that reference point whenever you make a like a joke or you make a comment about, well, you know, I, I love Kiss. You know, you know, the elder was different. Unmasked was different. You know, if I want a band to play the same album all the time, you know, I'm going to go listen to ACDC, you know, like, oh, Van Halen did this. Oh, Metallica was different. You know, they had Injustice for All and the Black Album and then Load. You know, if I want to listen to a band and put out the same album all the time, I'm going to go listen to ACDC. That's not an insult. That's a reference point. And that's yeah. something that's something. Now, there's nothing wrong with what Kiss did, varying their their musical, you know, Metallica and even Rush. I mean, okay, you look yeah, at early- you, yeah, you were gonna, I was gonna say that you told me that when you were yeah. telling me about Rush, you like telling me all these different hours. Oh, so name another bigger band, the top biggest metal bands. They've all had a change. All of them. Uh, Metallica changed. Ace Aerosmith. Uh, Aerosmith definitely changed. Yep. Um, who's the other one? Led Zeppelin had different. They all did. Eras. Uh, come on, who's the biggest bands in music? If uh, hard rock music, pretty much just named them. I mean, for the most part, yes. but yep. Um, ACDC never veered off their rocket, their rock style maybe had 
maybe trying to change a little, but you always knew it was going to be hard, heavy riff, rocking, hard rock. Bon Jovi, there's another one. They never stayed this. Everything's changed yep. Yep. except for ACDC. And that's like, and, and that's the thing. Priest. Oh, actually, you, I would say Iron Maiden maybe is one of the few. Oh, uh, they've changed too. They changed a little bit later on. Well, yeah. they have different singers too. I mean, no, but their music, their vocalists changed. have changed a little bit. But yeah, their music changed. Yeah, yeah. No, what the issue here is, and you can't even talk to this about Van Halen. There's times where Van Halen gets too complicated. Yep. These guys have mass appeal to everybody, and no matter how much the pop and the rap and the hip hop guys and the gangster rap and all these cliques that were in high school. They'd all tell you, they all want to be cool. And you know what? Knowing who even ACDC is a rock band and that you can say you like them helps you be cool. And it's easy to like them because they're three to four minute songs about drugs, sex, and rock, you know, rock and roll. That's it, right? And so it's easy to like them. I'll tell you, of all the people that I know in my life that love the music that we love, None of them could name the 17 ACDC albums. None of them. Yep. It's not about, I know the elder was an 81 and Ace didn't play all the songs and blah, blah, blah. Like it's not that right. It's not that kind of deep love. It is a universal love. And I'm telling you, I think you can go to country concerts and this shit is playing. (laughs) It's playing everywhere. And And so it just has mass appeal. And you you brought you made a good point too about you know being cool and liking ACDC, and the thing that throughout their entire career, Bon Scott, Brian Johnson, they were cool because they were they weren't pretty boys. They didn't wear spandex. They didn't have poofy hair. They looked like sleazy guys that you went to high school with that smoked butts in the boys' room in between classes. They were at the docks in the 70s or something. Right. Went to the local pub. Right. Just jeans, T-shirts. I mean, we're going to get into the album cover. They they were just regular guys that plugged in and played kick-ass riff rock, and there was no... There was no pre- pretense about what they were trying to do. We're ACDC. We're here to play hard rock. We're going to sing about drinking and fucking and partying. And that's it. And we look cool. We're not going to do ballads. We're not going to wear spandex. Bon Scott's not going to wear a purple jumpsuit. You know, I mean, Angus Young has his outfit that he wears. We'll get into that. But this band, they just looked cool. And you always had, like Zeus, you said it, drawing the logo or wearing just an ACD. Everybody had at least one ACDC t-shirt. I have one right now. I know Zeus does too. Even if you don't like the band, they're just that. They're a, sorry, just, I'm, I'm a, at the risk of sounding like a 10-year-old, they're just a cool band. They're accessible. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why just, yeah. in the 90s, even a cartoon like Beavis and Butthead, you when Metallica is at its point, yep. one has Metallica, the other has ACDC. Exactly. That's the universal, like, oh, He's a cool music lover, yes. Yes. right? And then the opposite is Stuart, who likes Winger. Yep. And yep. so this is the thing. ACDC always withstood all the cliches, all the ups and downs of that music. They were still themselves and still well like. I'm telling you, if I, I didn't realize it, if someone had asked me years ago, a couple years ago, who sold more albums, Kiss or ACDC? I'd be like, oh, probably Kiss. Like you don't, you don't, I wouldn't have thought of ACDC more because you don't associate with fanatic ACDC. Everybody just likes them. Yeah. Everybody I know likes them. 
Now, they're probably more popular in certain areas, but there's not that. Oh, this is the fucking outfit that Angus wore on this tour. This is the fucking, you know, Cliff Williams played this colored bass on this. He had the Punisher on this video, but not on that one. It's not the fanatic. Even Rush fans are fanatic more, I feel, than ACDC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think ACDC is just loved by everybody. They sold more albums than the Stones. Yep. They're a top 10 selling artist of all time. That's insane. And, you know, by the time they're already up to this album, they weren't selling shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now all Which of a sudden. a good and, segue. <laughs> and then they come up and he and Bond, poor Bond, passes away. And you'd think they'd be like, oh, fuck. How are we going to turn this around? And they only get bigger. I don't know any band that's really done that. Yep. So let's, uh, let's get into the. Uh, the album cover itself. Hell yeah. Who wants to start? Sonny, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> All right. So this album cover. <laughs> uh, uh, here, I, I just kind of got. Malcolm doesn't really want to be there. Cliff is hi, is like high, probably. Yeah. Feels like, hello, I'm here too. Yep. Right. And then you got what Angus is doing his best Elvis there with the horns with the, with the yep. lips. He's doing the best Elvis. And then like it comes out in the music, it comes out in his personality, it comes out in the videos. Um, Bon is just like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, I don't even understand why we're here. Right. And he's just laughing in the album art. I, I saw that thing, Tommy, that you sent about, they wanted to put flames in it, blah, blah. I like the way it is. Absolutely. I like the way that. You know, he's got kind of the devil horns thing and he's holding the devil's tail. It's not too put off. You know, you I guess uh Bond's jewelry could have been a lot more devil worshipy than what he's wearing. Like he could mm-hmm. have done that if he really wanted to. But I think it was still I think what it's supposed to show you is we're serious, we're normal, we're a little dangerous, and we're fun all on the same time. That's what that's what I see on this album cover. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I think the I think the record company, you know, <clears throat> I think they did the right thing not using that that original image with, you know, it had the 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 neck of the guitar, you know, like a highway with the flames, too artsy, too too. It's not that's not ECDC. This right here, like you said, Malcolm looks like that's a mugshot. Like he <laughs> looks like he's waiting for jury duty or something. You know, he looks then, like every freaking kid you knew in they, junior high that yeah, exactly. He's just exactly. missing uh, c- cigarettes and the rolled up in his uh, t-shirt there. Exactly. <laughs> or the kid from Dazed and Confused. The kid was going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. yeah. The and then you're like, you said, and then in there. Oh, I, I can't remember you know that poor kid. About? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, Cliff and Phil are like, hi, hi. <laughs> and then, of course, Angus steals the show. He's got a schoolboy outfit, the horns, the tail. The Bond Scott picture always confused me and and i i like it because the four guys are so serious you know angus got the sneer it's highway to hell and bond's laughing like to me that is such an interesting twist on a rock band with a highway to hell title that he's not he's not like sitting at arms crossed or looking like malcolm or looking like cliff or phil he's like laughing while he has a pentagram around his neck and i and i just thought that was i, I don't know to me it might not be a great album cover, but no one can deny how iconic the album cover is, the front of it. And we'll get into the rest of it, but this front of it is just, it's amazing. I'm not going to say it's great. It's iconic and memorable. 
I would say, yeah, iconic is the great way of saying it because we all have it, you know, the image in our brains. But I think the way he is, Bon Scott, is a kind of like the wink, wink. Don't take this yep. shit serious. Exactly. Whereas people might be like, highway to hell. And that's why they didn't do like fucking like, this isn't Deal or Ozzy doing highway to hell as a couple. No. This is them kind of just doing it. And they're laughing that they made Angus look like that. With, and it's just a couple little subtleties And then he's like laughing about it yep. And I'm glad they have this image of his face Because on the other side Is like the missing teeth that he has So yeah, that's why he's smiling on that side But you're right It took me a while sometimes Because Bon Scott Although he's kind of You know we all recognize him He changed his hairstyle and stuff a lot mm-hmm. And even in this You're like is, is that Wait a minute that is him It didn't even Yeah it doesn't even really look like him actually Yeah yeah, 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 and, uh, and <laughs> Phil Rudd oh looks God. like like I don't know uh, like like someone like Brad Whitford from like Aerosmith, like the short guy that's just like like you almost look at like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, yeah like what are we doing here? Walked, yeah. What's going like on? a fan wandered into a photo shoot and stuck his head out like, huh? What's going on over here? It's it's, it's so just, weird. Yeah, he looks like a Hobbit a little. Yep. Um, Cliff looks stoned out of his mind And uh, Malcolm just looks like Yeah, this is what I wear This is Alright, we taking a picture What are we doing here? Yep um, <laughs> Yeah I, I, He got the Elvis snare going on Angus I, I just This cover is Is so iconic This certainly isn't your favorite cover, Tom Van Halen's OU812 band photo No, it's not No, it's not <laughs> No, no, it's not about the Van Halen. It's not, it's oh, not about the, no, and one thing we didn't mention too is it, it 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 sticks out. It pops right out. Is that font? Just that iconic red. You look closely. There's some sparkles. It's tinted with a little yellowy orange. It's just that right there pops because the rest of the album cover is brownish and and kind of colorless. And then that just bursts out right at you, right at the top. And it just, of course, how many people drew the ACDC logo on your notebooks? That and the Van Halen, because they were easy to draw. Now, check this out, right? So there's the red, there's the yellow, there's the brown. Yep. Very similar to Blizzard of Oz. Yes, that's true. color scheme. That's true, which came out, what, the next year? Yeah, year. I think it was the next. Yep. Yep. And Zeus is holding up the, uh, the, the original cover. Yep. So I've got the CD. And the CDs from those remasters that came out uh, when they did their whole collection over again. I have, the vinyl, as, I have the vinyl as well. Book, great yep. booklet. And they've got photos in here of the band. And uh, he's got some sort of, uh, Bon has got some sort of like um, Hawaiian shirt going. Uh, their hair is all, <laughs> look at Phil's hairdo in this photo. Yep, Zeus. Zeus, I have the vinyl, and the the sleeve is the is the booklet of the CD. So I'm looking at the same thing. Yeah, the the pictures are hilarious. Yeah, and the the photos are fantastic of them. They're the band rocking out, uh, Bond shirtless, Angus on Bond's head. I love that. I love. I love that. Yeah, yeah. and then yep. there's that great little image at the end, and that's the band. Uh, I believe Malcolm's in a blue T-shirt. Angus has got the schoolboy uniform on uh, Bond with the Hawaiian shirt again It's just, uh, you know It looks like it came from 1979 Yeah Yep. 
Yeah, it, it's just the image of the band, and I like, I, and I love these images too. And I'm sure people out there, I'm sure you have the remastered CD or the vinyl. And, and when you see the band, and then you see these live photos, it's just like we were saying, they're just badass. There's there's nothing pretentious about any of them. Yeah, obviously Angus with the hat and the shorts, the schoolboy thing. You know, yeah, that picture of of Angus throwing the can of paint with it like splashing in the air or whatever. What I like is the guys in the back on the wall. Yep. They look like characters from Beavis and Butthead with their hands in their pockets. <laughs> yep. Right? Look yep. at them. Yep. Just sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and Angus doing his thing. Yeah. Oh, just fucking iconic. Yep. So I I I I think this just cover is just you know, maybe it's because I'm so used to it, but I just think it's just fucking hit it out of the park with it. But now that cover is interesting because is that supposed to be dry ice? kind of make it look like the smoke of hell is that what that's supposed to be could be because yeah it's a weird photo i mean obviously the thing that sticks out to you is that psychotic look from angus but everybody else is kind of like fade to black type imagery with the with the fog yeah bond's got like a fucking miami vice fucking jacket there too and then notice different image he's not mutt yet right yeah yeah right he's robert john that's right. Not Lang yet. No, no. Actually, I take that back. I'm sorry. On 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 what that's, I'm it, and this might this might be because it's the remastered. Oh, it does I'm say the original. Okay. See, I I'm, this is this is the remastered vinyl from 2000 and I think this was 14. I can't remember. Uh, and it does say mutt in parentheses. So, yeah. but you're look, but what you're looking at, it didn't have the mutt yet. That's right. Right. Interesting. Okay. Nice. Let's get into some of the facts. Fifth studio album, sixth. Technically, if you look at Australia, and we know the whole ACDC, the first couple albums, different tracks in Australia versus the tracks that got released on the uh, the regular outside of Australia versions, international versions of these albums. But technically, let's call it the fifth studio album, sixth in Australia. It was produced by Mutt Lange. We'll get into how he came into that, but it was released July 27th, 1979. Now... You know, not even a year later, February 19th, Bon Scott dies. It went up to number 17 on U.S. Billboard's Top 200. It's considered uh, Rolling Stone's number 200 on their 500 greatest album, but Rolling Stone doesn't know anything about rock music, so fuck off. Uh, (laughs) It is now up to seven times platinum. I'm assuming it's more than that, probably. And uh, it's uh, the last album they recorded with that that lineup, that classic ACD lineup that uh, featured... Bond Scott. Now, originally, the band um, was going to go a different method than they had in the past. So they had always been produced by basically the the famous duo uh, of I think it's uh, pronounced Harry Vanda and mm-hmm. their brother George Young, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So they had been their producer for years, and then they're talking about okay. We need to get a new producer. Something has to happen. You got to change your producers. And they didn't, uh, they said, okay, maybe they'll get rid of that guy, Harry, but they're going to keep George. But when they decided like they had to go to somebody else other than George, it was a big deal for the band. And supposedly it was more Bond Scott asking for it more than the brothers, because they always felt that George was the sixth member. And basically uh, George had been uh, like a, <clears throat> kind of like a teen pop sensation in Australia 
and him and Harry Vanda been producing all the ACD DC albums, and they have this. It was an extremely tight bond, so they decided to go to Mutt Lange. But before they went to Mutt Lange, supposedly they got on. We were going to talk with Eddie Kramer, mm-hmm. and Eddie Kramer went and met with them. And there's some funny stories there. They didn't like each other apparently, and uh, there I, I take it that they weren't. Uh, fond of one another. They used a, a term. I, I, I don't remember, know the term of it. It's probably an, an Australia uh, term. Uh, they called uh, Eddie Kramer. I'm trying to find it here. Oh, he was a bit of a prat. Yeah, well, I don't yep. know. What I that don't know means. what the hell a prat is. I think that just means like a bitch, like a pain in the ass type of term. Yeah, and yeah. he asked him, like, supposed like, is this the guy you have here singing for you? <laughs> Or is he bringing in the beer? Because he looks like it. Yeah, but (laughs) that's the thing I don't say. Dude, you you did Ace Frehley singing albums. What are you? Are you bitching about Bon Scott's vocals? Are you shitting me? What the fuck is wrong with you, Eddie Kramer? And I think I think a lot of the problems that Eddie Kramer had with the band was the sound, but the way that they kind of kept themselves together and organized themselves in the studio. So I have I have the 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 ultimate ACDC book, ACDC Maximum Rock and Roll, the ultimate story of the world's greatest rock and roll band written by Murray Engelhart and Arnold Durio. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And as Zeus started to talk about with Eddie Kramer, lots of issues here with Eddie Kramer. Um, so I just want to read a couple excerpts here. Some of his quotes about, about his experiences with the band here. Um, he says, obviously a much rougher, tougher, grittier, simpler kind of vibe. The two brothers were just really calling the shots, and I thought that they had it down with that singer, Bon Scott. He was bloody amazing. It was just incredible. But that said, Kramer said there were no parallels with the band that had been a huge influence on ACDC from the beginning of their career. He said, the Stones had a much higher level of sophistication than these guys. Totally different sort of animal. Um, they, they had the, the issues kept going. The different things that they kept saying... Um, about that Eddie was saying about the band, the band was saying about Eddie. Eddie said another, another one quote, they were a very independent bunch. Obviously they were very talented. And I thought we could make a really good record here, but I think the problem that I had with it was that the material wasn't quite ready. And the way they worked was in a sort of a strange manner. It was kind of, Oh, we've got these songs, but Bon Scott was having problems with the lyrics and problems with drinking and everything else. In retrospect, he was the prototypical tough guy rocker. In his image, in terms of drinking and carousing and being completely out of control, that was his style, and I wasn't used to dealing with that. Um, you like Ace. you did you produced with Ace Freely? Hello. <laughs> um, he said he Kramer just he he, he didn't think that the uh, he didn't think that ACDC was very interested in him in his professional background. He's, he he didn't think that ACDC really gave a shit. He had a couple a, another good line too about here about his his experience working with um with kiss which i thought was was pretty interesting even malcolm said like he wanted eddie kramer wanted respect that he had worked with hendrix yes and and uh malcolm's like well you might have turned knobs but you ain't hendrix yes (laughs) giving you that kind of respect yep yep yeah, and they were bitching that he wanted him to do that. Give me, give me some loving song. I love that song, but I don't I know. know how but I can don't you imagine that? ACDs, you 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 like you might like, oops, I did it again by Britney Spears, but you don't want fucking ACDC doing that song. 
this is a great quote. Malcolm, Malcolm Young said, uh, quote here, he says, Eddie, we soon learned, was just a good sound man. He gets good sounds. But this guy walked in, he played us a Rolling Stones track, played us another track and said, put that verse together with that chorus and I'll get you a hit. And we just looked at him and went, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie goes, Eddie Kramer said, I like to hear hit songs. I think that's really important. But once again, that wasn't the way to do this band. This band required a specific type of handling, which I had no idea how to do at the moment in my career. This is great. I was used to working with Kiss, who were rough and ready in a different sort of way. I had a rapport with Kiss, which I didn't have with this band, and there were some problems. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of Eddie Kramer's quotes about the difficulties that he had with the band. And I think it is funny. He had recorded multiple albums with Kiss, but I think the difference with Kiss and ACDC, Kiss still had Paul and Gene. There was no Paul and Gene with ACDC at the time of recording Highway to Hell. No, but I think ACDC also had their, uh, probably had the two brothers. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Like, pissed off, they had to change their brother. And so they were going to look at whoever you brought in to be like, who the fuck are you? What? Fuck you. Like, right? Literally. And so so maybe (laughs) they're like, okay, you don't like fucking Eddie Kramer. All right, let's bring this guy in. And then they bring in Mutt Lange, who we've talked about him before. Because we talked about Mutt Lange. This is his second album we've done with him. Mm -hmm. He has done this album. He has done Back in Black. He has done Pyromania. He has done Hysteria. Okay, so that's four right there. (laughs) Then he did his wife's three albums that are diamond. Three that are diamond. Mm -hmm. That's seven diamond albums. That is insanity. Yeah. Yep. I think you listen to what that guy wants to do when you when he's producing. Oh, but I'm an artist. I can't let him do shit. Like, fuck off. ACDC will do it. You should do it. Shut up and listen to the guy. Yep. And I think that, you know, where all the research I looked at, he seemed easier to work with, right? Instead of you will show me respect, blah, blah. There's stories about he's sitting there. He's like, okay, well, Angus, show me the uh, the solo you're going to play. No, no, no. Hit that note, bend that string, and then hit that note, right? Or these stories about, Bon, I want you to sing it this way. Well, you if you can think do it any better, you fucking do it. Okay, sitting right there and belts it out, and Bon's like, oh, fuck, who is this guy? <laughs> You're right? right. So there's a respect there that it's a working-class guy that's willing to work with us. Yeah, and he and he did he did do a lot of like you said a lot of work with Bond's vocals. You go back in the albums before Highway to Hell, which I love, you know, Powerage, uh, Let There Be Rock. Like I, I love those the, the the earlier ones, Dirty Deeds and 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 High Voltage. The band sounds a little different for me, but Let There Be Rock and Powerage or however the hell you pronounce it, those, those are great. And Bond's vo- vocals on that are they're, they're still Bond, but you can definitely see the mutt influence on on bonds vocals on what he does in these songs and i i can't wait to, to get into that but you're right mutt is extremely demanding and precise down to note for note for note but it's funny because at this time zeus there was no pyromania there was no hysteria there was no mm-hmm. back in black so as mutt was mutt became that monster of a producer but at this time he was still kind of a i mean he, he had success but he wasn't the guy that we came to know 
Yeah. And I think, like you said, I think the biggest the difficulty, and I'm not going to blame Malcolm and, and Angus, was was not working with George and Harry. That 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 was huge. Yeah, yeah, and you know, at this point though, the band is already in a groove. It's the same five for quite a few albums now: Bond, Angus, Malcolm, Cliff, and Phil, the, like the classic lineup. Mm-hmm. And they were just ascending. And I think what happened was before Powerage was kind of a serious album. Yep. More hard rock, blues, kind of like, but serious stuff. And uh, they want to have a little bit more fun. And this is a lot more fun, this mm-hmm. album. And you can tell. And they kick it off with just, uh, uh, you know, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But um, anything else before we get into the first track? I think I just a couple comments I want to make just generally speaking about this album and and everybody talks about about Bon Scott for good reason and everybody talks about Angus for good reason but I think one of the things that Mutt as a producer does that really suits ACDC and we talked about it is the simplicity of ACDC I think two of the most underrated things on this entire album is Cliff Williams bass and Phil Rudd as a drummer. These songs fly because of those two guys. Obviously, the riffs of Angus. But when we get into the track by track, what Cliff is doing on a lot of these songs, it reminds me a lot of what Gene did on a lot of the Dress to Kill songs, where his bass was kind of keeping that groove going with the riffs that you're hearing from Angus. In Gene's case, we're hearing mm-hmm. from Ace and Paul. I, I think that kind of production it really highlighted the strengths of a simple, and I don't mean that as an insult, a band like ACDC. Uh, and you, and you, Zeus, you brought up a point that I was going to say about Powerage, a serious hard rock album. Highway to Hell, it's like a, a ballsy, dirty, sexy, swaggery, drinking party album. And there's one serious song on it that we'll get into, but the rest of it, this is like, this is party blues based boogie rock. That I don't think I had never heard before or since in the ACDC catalog. Powerage had some of it. Hell ain't a bad place to be. It's a great song, you know, stuff like that. But this album, I think the whole album is like this. Um, and the production just, it just breathes life into these songs, letting all these instruments breathe and separate and just give a groove that I just think is undeniable. Sonny? Uh, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, it's the, you know, I'll, I'll talk, well, I'll talk about Bond for a second. It's the sexiness and the swagger that attracts me. It's the don't take yourself too seriously. It's the have fun, but still get your job done. I didn't mean that for Ryan, but it did. (laughs) Um, And with Brian Johnson, it feels like old guy. Yeah. That's grandpa up there singing. (laughs) Right. And instead of, I always saw Brian Johnson as a guy who's like, if you need to go take a shit, go take a shit. That's what you're doing when you're singing, But it's like, the, but for whatever reason, Bond sounds similar, but it doesn't sound like that. Like there's a, there's a sexiness to this guy, although he's not what you would call a handsome man. <laughs> oh, no, God. there is a rock star built. Like it, it's the old Eddie Murphy line about there's some singers getting some pussy that are ugly motherfuckers. <laughs> like yep. Bond Scott is like, he's got a swagger about him. The shirt's wide open. The teeth are missing. His hair's a fucking mess. Jeans way too tight. And while we talk about this album, we did our research and there's an awesome little, uh, 
documentary on Amazon that you can see about the making of this album with <laughs> with a bunch of characters that are describing this album that look like the misfits or fucking what'd you say tom (laughs) look like nosferatu come alive so if you've seen rock docs before and and, and this one's called highway to hell classic album (laughs) under review on amazon prime so one of the guys his name is malcolm dome he's a british rock journalist he's a bald guy Hmm. holy fuck though his teeth dude he (laughs) looks like austin powers but he's a real person and he looks like the bald man from Salem's Lot. He's Nosferatu. <laughs> but all these guys, they all look like guys that would go see like an ACDC cover band. The, I mean, the documentary is fantastic. It's about an hour and a half long. It's really good. They're but wearing dude, like men's extra medium tight T-shirts that just are not fitting properly. Dude, each guy they interview is uglier than the next. Oh it's God. it's horrific, <laughs> but it's a really good. It's good. I was on the floor dying watching this thing. Right. And Nicole comes into the room. She goes, what is wrong with you? I'm like, look. Bon. Bon has these cut-off shorts. Oh, oh, I, got, his, I have his pictures of it. Nuts. I forgot. His hickory I took pictures of all it. over the place. And all, I am on the floor. And I'm saying hickory nuts. And Nicole's like, what the hell's wrong? Like, Sonny, I said the same thing. I said, we have now, somebody has overtaken John Bon Jovi <laughs> with the nut huggers and the hickory nuts. And, it's, oh, and his name is Bon Scott. Short, oh, my God. Those, dude, those are the most... <laughs> <laughs> that would this be like if, if I tried the most to unflattering <laughs> fucking emasculate fucking pair of shorts a man should ever wear. Everything we just said about them being cool <laughs> goes out the window with Bond wearing those jorts. I mean, yeah. it's just <laughs> and he's walking around in public. Okay, and I'm going to send you the photo that I'm talking about here. And like, honestly, Angus Young looks like teenage. Bobby Brady. He looks like the Bobby Brady bunch. Blue striped shirt. Yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. And his head, dude, he looks like the last season of the Brady Bunch, Bobby Brady. He, dude, he looks like he's about 12. <laughs> like, like, I mean, he, he's always looked young, but I tell you, and, and uh, the thing I love about Bond Scott, and, and you, you talk about fucking stage swagger, he, there's no shirt. He's not wearing a shirt. There's no shirt that's good enough for Bond Scott when he's performing live. Oh God, it's just not shirts. happening. Like, <laughs> Oh, he's got a moose toe of dude, fucking, I don't know what he's got there going. Dude, he, Bon Scott looks like an old, that's an old man's body with a young man's <laughs> head. It's like Photoshop. It's like, a, you know, the, the Walmart photos, like shoppers at Walmart online. You see right. all photos of people like some guy walk. This looks like a, some like crackhead in Nebraska going to Walmart. And I love, and I love the, I love when you, when they interview him. I had to watch this entire thing with subtitles on. I don't know if you guys did. I'm like, I fucking can't understand what anything you guys are saying. Between the band themselves and the ugly British journalist trying to talk about the album, and that guy we talked about before we hit record, that poor guy. No one told him that Doors T-shirt doesn't fit him anymore. <laughs> you guys got to go back and watch this documentary. Yeah, he was just not a very flattering photo. Oh. Yeah, they're only a few years removed from like Bon Jovi and the tight, like leopard fucking spandex, hair oh, yeah. poofed up, like image conscious. Could you imagine if they walked out like, yeah, but we want to appeal to women too. Here's our group. 
they see this fucking group walking down they're the street. They're all like short, scrawny, like meth addicts. <laughs> like they're all like, <laughs> but they kick ass and they rock out. So I, good for ACDC. I know, but, I know. But yeah, they wouldn't, uh, they would be a, a record company's nightmare if they ever fucking try to come out big in the mid 80s. But thankfully, the music spoke for itself. Oh, yeah. So before uh, we continue talking about the handsomeness of those guys on that documentary, Let's get into the tracks because I can't wait to discuss this stuff. Let's do it. So I don't know if you've heard this one, guys, but here it is. So fuck Knights and Satan's service. We're just going to piss everybody off and release an album and a song called Highway to Hell. I can only imagine what the religious nuts were thinking at this point. I'm sure they at least contemplated the religious shit that this was going to bring, but I guess they didn't care. Total sing-along anthem. There is no doubt about it. Uh, Malcolm had said something about they were going through hundreds of riffs every day. But this one stuck out like a dog's balls. Like, I guess I don't speak Australian, so I don't understand some of this stuff. It's a great line. Yeah. But, and at some points, this works against what I like, but the the slowness of this song and the tempo is so important because there's like this swagger that it creates. It's a little more haunting, but a little more uh, gritty. If a song was any faster, I'm not sure it would sound right anyway. And then I got a story connected to this damn thing. So I'm working at uh, this building down in San Bernardino for a couple of years. And uh, one of my friends, his name was Walt. I take him to his first rock concert. He's in his late 40s. Okay. We go to see Rival Sons and Hailstorm in Anaheim. So standing room only. And for whatever reason, a lot of bikers in the uh, in the audience. I have no idea why. Bunch of bikers and hard asses. And we're standing there waiting for Hillstorm to come on. Rival Sons is done. Uh, the roadies are doing their thing. And Highway to Hell comes on, right? And Walt goes, oh, what song is this? I'm like, oh, my God, dude. You're going to get us fucking killed here, right? Like, calm down. You're going to get us killed, right? He goes, well, how am I supposed to know the last concert I went to was DeBarge? Ooh. I'm like, dude. That's gonna get us. That's gonna get him killed. Absolutely. Shut up while you're. Oh my god! As everybody else is rocking out the highway to hell, I brought the only guy that's never heard the song. He's sitting there (laughs) dancing a rhythm of the night. Oh my god! 
But uh, one of the best opening songs on an album, period. It is an awesome song. I absolutely love the song. Always have. Never turn it off. Yeah, there's something to be said about a, a song that is 40 plus years old that just sounds so fresh, so fun, so exciting, so raw, just timeless. You've heard it a billion times, but you always want to listen to it. It's a riff that you love because in your mind, you can play it. It's an easy song. There's nothing complicated. It is a drum beat, a killer riff, and a guy singing like you believe every word he's saying. And in terms of the pantheon of, of album openers, I just made a quick list of my personal. You're talking about iconic album openers. You got this. Welcome to the Jungle, Detroit Rock City, Enter Sandman, just iconic, timeless songs that you are never going to get sick of, but you're going to hear them for the rest of your life a million times. You're going to hear them at rock concerts. You're going to hear them at sporting events. You're going to hear them at arenas. And and there's a reason that this song is what it is. And it's just, I don't know, every time you hear that opening riff, you just get like a goosebump. And you've heard the song a million times. So the song is written by Angus Malcolm and Bon Scott. Every song on the album is credited like that. So I'm not going to repeat myself every time. Angus Young, Malcolm Young, and Bon Scott, the three primary songwriters. And uh, this one is Highway to Hell. It went number 47 in on the Billboard charts in 1979. It went to number one in mainstream rock in 92. Number one. And uh, Billboard Hot Digital Songs in 2012. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but it did. <laughs> and the other one I would add is Smell Like Teen Spirit. Uh, Uh-oh. Opening riffs. Got to put that in there. Maybe the number one of all time. <clears throat> Whoa. Opening, opening songs, yes. Um, the Legendary Riff. Oh, yeah. Why? Oh, that's so easy. That's so easy. Okay. Why didn't you do it? Exactly. Yep. Oh, he sings it so easy. Really? Why didn't you put your lyrics? You sing it like that. It's not easy to sing this to hit the right spot in this beat and that chord and those drums and not to over dramatize the vocals on this or to egg it on to miss the beat. He hits it right on the exact spot he needs to. And I bet you they worked at it and, and got it exactly where they needed to get it. Now, I have heard Crazy Train. I have heard Shook Me All Night Long. I have heard Rock and Roll All Night. I have heard, I don't know, Jump. What other fucking unbelievable song? This is one of the few classic, classic, classic songs that I can say I have no fatigue in. When it comes on, I blast it. Welcome to the Jungle. This, Stairway to Heaven. Smells like teen spirit. I don't give a fuck when it comes on. I can blast it and I never tire of it. There are times I'll even seek it after all these years to play this song. That's how fucking good it is. The lyrics are fantastic and fun. And they're either supposedly about the tour schedule. They're on a continuous highway to hell, you know, tongue in cheek there. And there was also the other part where supposedly it's about a road where Bond uh, used to go drinking at his favorite pub, a very dangerous road where a lot of people had accidents and died and going to a pub, and they call that the highway to hell, something called Canning Highway in Perth. 
Mm-hmm. So that could be one of the things. And, um, you know, it's listed 258 on Rolling Stone's 500 greatest songs. But then again, Rolling Stone sucks. Uh, Martin Popoff, good friend Martin Popoff over on Pantheon Podcast, made it number 23, the top 500 heavy metal songs. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame put in the top 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. The ringtone for this went gold. <laughs> um, this is, I, I don't know. And I still would probably say either Back in Black or maybe Shook Me All Night Long might be more famous, but... Uh, this to me is quintessential ACDC. I, I think that opening riff is, I think everybody knows that. And, and, and I think this song, first of all, it's a perfect opener on its own, but it's a perfect opener for the album where you're trying to make your mark in America with a producer like Mutt, because you know what you're into or what you're in for with this. You are in, you're in for simplicity. You're in for riffs. You're in for an album that is going to let the songs breathe, let the instruments separate and breathe. That This is the perfect example. Bon is singing in between a simple drum beat and a simple riff. The bass doesn't even really kick in until the chorus. It's a very simple to you know take in this song. And I think that's part of its success. It it you can't, it's an it's the definition of an earworm. But in addition to that, it's almost the blueprint. Of Mutt Lange's success. Yep. This is a Mutt Lange produced song. Yep. Because you can take this and then you can go, hmm, I hear some photograph in there. I hear some, oh, yeah. or some sugar on me. I hear any man of mine from Shania Twain. You like, I can hear ACDC do a Shania Twain song and I can hear Shania Twain picking up on an ACDC song, making a countryside version the way they do it. And you can hear because that's the same thing the beat, the guitar. Or the violins at the same time, if you do Shania Twain, in the guitar, in the drums. And there's something about that where the space comes in and the riff goes out. He, I don't know. He just knows how to do it. He knows how to make certain songs fucking click. And, and you know, I, I don't want to give too much credit to Mutt Lange because this is ACDC doing this. But he brings he brought it out of him on this. And to come up with a song title, Highway to Hell. This imagery, that title, where they are in their band, okay, and that unique kind of like, okay, we're calling, that's a bold statement, and to back it up with a song as good as this, that's fucking huge, because this song could have been like, oh, huh. all right, you called it Highway to Hell, but the song's, eh. This kicked it like fucking out of the park. Oh, well, like you said, well, like you said with Mutt, and you said on Pyromania, look at, listen to the beginning of Photograph. It's a simple, iconic riff with a simple drum beat that's paired up with that riff. It's not that different from the beginning of Highway to Hell. And, and, and say it's not that hard, but then right. you do it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the defining song, for me at least, of Def Leppard. Other people would say something different, but that's a mutt. That's that style, that, that breathable song. It's like he has, the, like, what are those things called in your brain? Those end things, like, he has, like... He knows the scientific way yeah. to make those things tingle in your brain. Like that's something I like. Yep. Or yeah, just play something like this, but make it a little different. So it's not exactly the same, but the same kind of area. He knows that that'll go into any rocker's brain and they'll guarantee to like that. Yeah. Cause I think there's that piece of somebody has to be sitting there and I'm assuming this mutt 
that's going all right, guys. Like, this can't be devil worshiping. Right. Like, you're going to have to make this listenable. It doesn't matter how trying to fund your being, the title is going to work against you no matter what. So if you don't make it somewhat listenable, this thing's dead before it begins. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you can be rebel and connect and people think it's cool and easy, you can have something to last forever. Yeah, right? the highway to hell is badass. It's not like devil worship. That's it's right. like like we're rebels and we know we're doing it this way. Yeah, this isn't fucking let's do this song by Saxon. Venom. Right? Have you heard anything by oh, Venom? Yeah. It's not listenable yeah. shit. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, Saxon, let's come up with an album and a song called Highway to Hell. Let's hear what you got. Yeah, they do have a song called Denim and Leather. Oh, good lord. <laughs> um, the video. Dude, I just, I really don't like it when guitarists don't clip their strings. It drives me absolutely oh. crazy. <laughs> To roll your strings up at the end, just it's lazy, it's sloppy. I don't like. Like I couldn't get my eyes off of it. I know. Speaking, it's of, speaking of strings, uh, we're we're about you know two hours, an hour into this, and we forgot to thank our intro musician Tony from oh, Strain. Does he clip his strings, Tony? You can chime in on that. I bet you do. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I, I love these videos because they're not like they're not real videos. Because I, I, I love watching this band perform. One of the one of the coolest things, and you really see it. You know, I know it's not Highway to Hell, but you really see it in that for those about to rock video that Zeus was talking about. I love like when Cliff, Cliff, and Malcolm they stand in the back, they I play their music, and then when it's time for the sing, they, they step walk. up and then they step back. <laughs> I, I just, I just think that just so. And, and and they and when they do it, they, they you know that they're like, oh, this is my chance to get in front of the mic, and they just go back. And I, I just think love they've it. been told by Angus, you can step up if you want to stay up here, but yep. I am not responsible if my <laughs> if the head of stock of my guitar ends up in your ass. Oh, exactly. I don't know where I'm going to move next. <laughs> That's right. That's why those guys are those guys are statues behind the microphone. They're not moving. <laughs> Yep. Isn't that an iconic, as iconic as his schoolboy outfit in his little fucking Chuck Berry duck walk thing that yep. he does there? Yep. Isn't it iconic with, what's his name, uh, Malcolm in his guitar? Yep. And just coming with his hair, the long shoulder length hair, and just coming up to the chorus part, and then stepping back. I and then it. the bass, it's Cliff, like, you know, plugging along, banging his head. And Phil is usually in the background, just you know, bopping his head, playing the drums, like very nonchalantly, not going yep. nuts, not looking like yeah, fucking rock and roll. Yep. And then uh, Bon Scott Whoa. with his Jay Leno denim outfit yep. and jeans so tight, is wiping his pancreas. <laughs> Can you buy a shirt? What a fucking shirt he doesn't on. need a shirt. He's Bon Scott, dude. Yeah, and God bless Angus, but like. The the guitar, like I never liked those Gibson guitars. Oh, I never yes. liked them. I yeah, it looks, I just, I, it's iconic for him, but I know what you mean. It is. Yeah, he's the only one that can pull it off because anybody yeah. else held the guitar like that and did shit like that. I'd be like, this guy looks like an idiot. Yep. But Angus makes it cool. He sticks out. It's just how the fuck? Let's just say the obvious. The fuck does he not have a headache? Oh, how the fuck how does, does he, he do not that? Have neck surgery and all that. I know. How does he? Like how does? How is he not like? Dude, I can't do this today. I just can't. That's why he's not. A, he's not a drinker, and he's not because if he was a drinker, imagine doing this drunken or hungover. Yeah, he'd be ace. Head. 
Yeah, he'd be Ace. <laughs> Ace couldn't do this one concert. Imagine Ace, you're gonna you're gonna step in for the role of um, of Angus Young. What the fuck is I ain't doing that shit. Dude, he can't stand up straight in those fucking Ace boots. Imagine him trying to do this shit for friggin' yes. ninety minutes. God bless Angus. Yep. He's been doing this for how many years, and he's still not tired. He's still doing it. The guy's a machine. He is. You know, he's just not a drink. All he did was smoke cigarettes. Yep. Fucking insanity. God bless him, man. I love and him. oh, we got to say the guitar solo on this. Legendary. Oh God, it's just Angus is just. Oh, I don't know what can you. I feel. I feel like like what can you say about Angus? Like it. It's just he's fucking well, Angus Young. I just the other part to this, and and we probably should have said this more in the beginning, but. I think his brother is so underrated. Never oh, mind yeah. as the as the rhythm guitar player, yep. quintessential. I don't need the spotlight. I will keep this going, little brother. You fucking do your thing. I've got this. Mm-hmm. And the vocals and the lyrics and just being solid there. You got Angus doing his thing, but even Angus, I would say, never gets credit as the guitar player. That influence people. People all say, oh, Angus, guitar god, guitar god. But like they're not talking about him like, oh, I learned from Angus. I play this like Angus Young. And and I think, and I think that's because we said it earlier. I think they look at it as he's fantastic, but it, it's just it's simple riffs. It's three, it's three chord, it's three chord riffs or whatever. Yeah, okay, that might be true, but look, Zeus, you said it. You do you, you said so. You do it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah, the okay, difference okay. is, he's, I, mean, I mean, he's not Kirk Hammett, he's not Randy Rhodes, he's not George Lynch, he's not, he's not even Tony Iommi, yeah. he's Angus Young, and there's nobody like him. And, yeah, but it's exactly what you said: is Rhodes, Halen, right? Yep. There's, there's these guys coming up, Lynch, Iommi, Momstein is coming up right after this, yep. right? So there's guys coming that I think is just uncool for a guitar hero or somebody who wants to pick up and play a hair metal guitar and is in a band in 1989 and say, Angus is my go-to guy. You're right. Right. Yep. Cause he and wasn't flashy. Not a lot of guys play the SG either. That too. So it's not like it's, you know, nobody like a lot of the times a guitar God gets connected to the guitar they play because other people play the same guitar. The mm-hmm. SG is just not that popular. Yep. And he never looks like, although he's got the crazy Angus move, he never looks like he's on his knees in front doing the finger going and stuff that you're like, holy shit, look at him go. He's his I wouldn't say he's overly like melodic because they're fast bursts of speed and and some melody in there, but they're not over melodic, like you know, like strings being held and notes right. being bent. It's just a lot of fast, good guitar that makes you rock and the solo kicks ass, specifically like on this one. It's just mm-hmm. a, a, an incredible, incredible, legendary song. I think yep. we did it some uh, justice the way we talked about it. But let's go to song track number two. Go.
So confession time for me. My woman has serious rhythm, but I'm assuming Bon is not talking about dancing. Like that's not what he's talking about. Huh? <laughs> um, simple riff, fat hook. I mean, there's just such a ra- raunch to it. It's got the groove. And this is kind of where you realize, and maybe most people don't realize, both Bon and Brian Johnson, they have actually a pretty good range in their vocal. Like for me, you know, I was a karaoke nerd way back when. Like I, I'm not a great singer, but I can sing some Kiss songs, some Prince songs. I can sing some Bon Jovi songs. I sing some Temptations. Dude, I not, cannot. Hey, not well. Well, go ahead. Oh, I cannot. T- I can't touch a note on an ACDC song. Like, and I've seen other people try and really struggle. Like, mm. it, it's not easy because I think there's a lot more range there than people give it credit for. The song is a perfect tempo after Highway to Hell. There's no doubt that whole girls got rhythm, girls got rhythm, backseat rhythm, right? That's yeah. all mutt right there. There's ACDC's not going to do that on their own, and George would have never been able to bring that. And uh, overall, I mean, it's just it's a great raunchy song. And I know that's weird to say, but uh, because it kind of looked like old men doing this raunchy song, although they're not that old actually yet. Um, we'll talk about their age here in a minute because I got it written down, but uh, I love this song. I really do. This song is is one of the reasons. I mean, you know, Highway to Hell is the go-to song. Girls Got Rhythm would be considered probably a deep cut. I mean, there's really no deep cuts on this album. But this song is the reason why I love Bon Scott era ACDC and why Highway to Hell is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's got that boogie blues groove to it. We just talked, we just spent all this time talking about how ACDC is one of the greatest all time hard rock slash metal bands of all time. This is like, you could tap your toes to this song. You, this is, you could almost like dance to this song if you had to. And when I listen to this song too, I'm a huge Bob Seeger fan. Okay. I don't know where you guys stand on Bob Seeger. I, I love Bob Seeger, early 70s Bob Seeger. If you turn down the guitars on this song and gave Bob Seger the, this could be a Bob Seger song. And I mean that as a compliment to both ACDC and Bob Seger, because I love them both. It's that kind of bluesy groove rock song. Another, another earworm of a riff, more mutt. And like you said, girls got rhythm, the gang vocals, the call and answer. It's just, it's, it's an, it's just an amazing song. It's a standout track for me on this, which is why highway to hell is the album that it is for me. For me, it's a, just, I could just simply say every single time, great vocals, rhythm section kicks ass, incredible riff, fucking catchy as he- all hell, great solo. Yeah. I could say the same thing <laughs> on every fucking song. Yep. Um, this specific song is reminds me, and I feel like it comes into another song, and then this is, before I tell you what I think it is, I think this is quintessential ACDC. You know, when you hear something, you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like that song by, um, I don't know, Cinderella did that. Or this song sounds like Van Halen's this. This song. No, every time I hear an ACDC song, I'm like, oh, that sounds like the, that sounds like the previous ACDC song, this. Or that yep. sounds like that ACDC song, this. It's the same stuff. So I get it. And that's why that famous Gene always says, when you ask ACDC, your new album sounded like your last album. They say, no, no, no. It sounds like 
all our albums. <laughs> God bless them. Uh, Gene always gives credit to ACDC about that. God bless him too. Yep. So I will say this song sounds like it comes, it turns into flick of the switch. And I mm-hmm. fucking love the album takes a beating, but the song title flick of the switch. I love that. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, this is a great riff. And it's the typical ACDC. You can picture this like a live video of the band, as you just described, Highway to Hell, Girls Got Rhythm, and all of a sudden, Cliff and Malcolm jumped in the up. <laughs> yep. backstreet rhythm, and they, and they go back, and then they come back, and then they go in the background, and Angus is in the forefront doing his thing in the front, and Bon Scott's in there rocking with his, you know, Love cut it. dungaree fucking outfit on his nut tug is out, you know? <laughs> It's, it's fucking quintessential ACDC. Yep. Did you notice on the top of the Pops video, he's wearing Nike shoes. The guy <laughs> who sang Highway to Hell and supposedly is the biggest, baddest rocker, fucking druggy drinker on the planet is wearing Nike shoes. That's a borderline least metal moment right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not what you would call a fashion icon. <laughs> Hell no. He's not about the fashion. He's not Uh, Let's go to the next track. So walk all over you. I, I love that the song just kind of builds and then it calms down 
and then it builds again. Then it gets to that crazy guitar solo, and then the gang vocals at the end. Like that's that. There's a bunch of earworms there, and it's a really, really well crafted song. The lyrics are a little interesting to me because I can't really figure out if it's "Hey, you push me, I push back," or are these like they sound a little rapey almost. So that whole uh, you know reflections on a bedroom wall. I'm glad you got to see it all. Like we're rising mm. and falling like the sea. You're looking so good under me. That that feels a little rapey to me. Mm. I don't know. I don't know about that. Could be. Um, now, third song on the album, you 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 realize this album's somewhere between punk, hard rock, heavy metal, boogie, right? So this is that mass appeal we're talking about. And it's cool because they attract everybody. And the song just add, it just ends perfectly. Um, I was wondering, because I was watching the video on this one, and all the videos are very similar, but I'm like, wait a second, how old are these guys? So the ages of these guys at this moment in time is Angus is 24, Phil is 25, Malcolm's 26, Cliff is 30, Bon is 33. Oh, wow. So they yeah. still have, you know, for a couple of these guys, these guys are based all, getting close to middle age, right? But the the two main songwriters, which are Malcolm and Angus, really long term, they still got time to grow. Yep. Right. So I I don't think at this point it would have still surprised me. Back and Black did so well, but then realizing how young they are in their bang zone and they got the producer they want that can make them sound the way they want. Now it doesn't surprise me that Back and Back Back and Black was so big. Yeah. Yeah. Walk all over you. Um, uh, one thing that ACDC is excellent at, especially on this album, is their intros. And I love how this, the, the beginning of this song, you're not quite sure what you're getting. It, it starts off with that little moody intro, the, the, the guitars, Phil just kind of coming in with a little bit of a drum fill there. And then there's like that little moment of silence. And then all of a sudden, Angus just kicks you in the teeth with that riff. And then the song goes in. You're like, oh, shit. Like, what is happening here? And then Bond Scott just comes at you like, wait a minute. This is not what happened. And then it slows down for the chorus and then it picks back up. And the documentary that we were referencing, those guys talk about that too, how it's interesting that the song is just blowing your face off, you know, and then all of a sudden they slow down for that chorus where it's just kind of the, the gang vocals saying, walk all over you. And then you get bond kind of squealing, you know, walk all over you. Now it's funny because walk all over you. Is this like, did Gene get inspiration for dance all over your face like is is that what this, is that what's going on here because you 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 hinted at something maybe going on there sonny is walk all over you is is that dancing all over your face or just a different uh, version dance i don't know it's all over your face well <laughs> wanna dance all over your face dance pretty much i mean what is what's walk all over you mean what's da- i mean I, I don't know i don't know but you know another killer tune yeah i i do enjoy the slower intro and then the fast pickup um, it almost like when it first picks up, then, then, and I thought it sounded like what I like about you. <laughs> it started coming out like, wait a minute, where are they going with this? And I just think it's just one of those songs that it's like, it's a little different than the rest, but it still follows the theme and it, it makes sense that it's on this album. Um, it, it it's, uh, the backing vocals are pretty cool. Um, but it's not my favorite on this album, but it's a good song. It's a good song. Let's, uh, let's go to the next one. 
touch too much. So Axel said several times in interviews, this is his favorite ACDC song. And I can, I can imagine why, because that, that nasty, dirty riff, uh, the lyrics of the song are as amazing. The pace of the song's amazing. The, the breakdown piece after the solo's awesome. Like there is something that Mupp found. We talked about it a little bit earlier where it's like, look, I can get you guys on the radio without cutting your balls off. I can make you famous without you having to lose the sawmill look you got going on. Like there's, he figured that out. And I think it has to do with much a trained singer and he knew how to, it's like, okay, they got the guitar stuff down. Yeah. They're going to have that Chuck Berry flavor. We can live with that. You guys got to fix your vocals to where it's more pleasing to the ear because some of the stuff you guys do is not right. And just that one little fix makes this a more hair metal type song than it does heavy metal type song, which is fine because I think the song is wonderful. Yeah. Now you said it perfectly. Yeah. Another simple groove. And I like how the, the, the way that the, the, the drums and the riff come in and kind of punch the chorus through, you know, it's like touch, you know, and then it kicks in. And I like how the first verse is a little different than the second verse where the, the, during the first verse, the guitar is a little bit, it's a little bit simple. He's not really, he's not really ripping those chords. And then as the second, the second verse comes around, Angus a little bit more aggressive with the, with the, with the riffs there. So you can kind of see how the song progresses. And then, then you get that little breakdown where it's like, you know, again, that gang vocal saying, you know, touch too much. It's, it's, it's a killer song. And Sonny, you said, you said it. I like the way you said it. It's almost like a hair metal-y song, which is interesting for this album. Um, And I think that's due to Mutt. And it's also due to Bon and and what Angus is doing too, with his riffs. Awesome tune. Awesome tune. Remember when I got back into ACDC and hair metal and stuff was kicking up. This song stood out to me on its own, obviously than the other tracks. As being right in that genre This would have fit in with that um, Supposedly it sounds like the Bon Jovi um, Song off of 7800 Fahrenheit The hardest part is the night I don't see it I don't either But they talked yeah. about it on the documentary That that's what this sound sounds like I'm like I don't really see it But regardless The song is incredible It's one of the nights when you turn I just, yep. I, it, It's just uh, vocal performances kick ass The mood this gives you And there's a, sump- a simple little thing That I love about this song And it's one of those earworms Something that I love And it reminds me of one of my favorite Deep cut uh, Kiss songs There's a part at The chorus ends and there's just the drums Touch too much Much too much And they change yep. the much in the two Oh yeah 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 The backing Reminds me of plaster cast the grab a hold of me faster, faster. You can yep. hear that on the on the kiss song plaster caster where they change the words a cup like one time in the chorus callback. And it just it's not the same. And it, you pick up on it when they switch it up and it makes that part of the song so much sweeter. And they do it much too much instead of touch too. Oh, just fucking. I love that part. Mm-hmm. Song is it's just one of those things that perhaps, you know, ACDC fans know this, but maybe hardcore, like, you know, I mean, the hardcore ACDC fans know this, but maybe the, you know, the other ACDC people that like this wouldn't know this that much. 
And if they heard this, they'd be like, holy shit, this song yep. fucking kicks ass. And uh, it is a catchy as all hell song. So let's move on. Next. <laughs> Bush. So here <laughs> it's interesting because the lyrics are sleazy as hell, but the music is almost thrash. So it's it's like you got kind of the two worlds joining, and this is where in the documentary the hickory nuts show up. And oh, yeah. uh yeah, it's that's that's a tough look. <laughs> Those shorts. <laughs> um so now there was something I noticed in the second verse, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And our, my son and I were listening to it uh, on the way somewhere yesterday. And I'm like, oh, oh, rewind that. Okay, I got it. I got it. So on the second verse, what ends up happening is Angus is doing one note guitar fills in the first part of the verse. But in the second part of the second verse, he's actually doing a harmony with yep. the vocal melody. So he changes it from a one note fill each line to like this harmony thing, which is really just adds so much to the song and just that start and stop of the music. You know, you guys are calling it kind of letting it breathe during the verses, right? Man, you can't really pull that off unless you have a singer that either has a voice of an angel that can sing literally anything or has got some voice that's got some attitude to it. Otherwise that shit falls. Well, I tell you poison can't do that shit, right? Brett, Brett doesn't have that voice, right? So, um, I love that start stop thing because man, when it's live, are they tight as hell and that stuff plays off well live. So, uh, good song, really good song. Yeah, this is, this is not a go-to song for me. I think it just, I think the, the, the way that the rest of the album is with the, with the groove and the blues and stuff, this just doesn't have it for me. I think bond saves the song for me, uh, with the stopping and with the stopping and the starting it's just a little too frantic of a pace for me. It it, it works. I'm I'm glad the the entire album is not like this. It's it's good. You know that there's stories there that the that the riff is ripped off directly from a song called "Oh Well" by Fleetwood Mac. And if you listen to it, it is whether that was a, you know a tribute or whatever you want to call it there. Uh, and that's early early Fleetwood Mac. But it it it's again Bond saves the song and makes it listenable. But it's not it's not a go to song for me on the album. Uh, I would kind of take Tom's side on this one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good song. It's fun. It's hard to dislike a, an ACDC song. It really is. It is. It is. Kind of- yeah, wait a, wait a few minutes. <laughs> oh, boy. 
<laughs> yeah, yes, it's hard to like a uh, ACDC song. Um, for me, it's it's a it's a decent song. It's all right. It's lyrics are just fun and funny. You know, as much as we laugh about AC uh, Kiss lyrics, ACDC has a bunch, and they're like juvenile. <laughs> he just said big balls. Oh my god! Like yep. I love, and I kind of like it. It's kind of fun and immature and stuff. The song's not bad. Um, Bond does a great job, and as usual, Angus is right on point. It's a decent song. Not much to talk about, other than the the lyrics kind of stick out as fun for me. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's go to the next one. down in flames which to me is like girls got rhythms little brother it's a similar song to me because you know do the riffs really get any simpler um it's got the undeniable groove there's no doubt about that but you know what i was thinking if you wanted to do some sort of name that tune with this band oh dude good fucking luck because there's about 10 songs you can pick out of what songs they are the other 300 songs they got all sound the same. So name that tune's going to be a bitch with this band. Yeah, but we um, you you suck at name that tune. Uh, we yeah, already know I that. So I don't know. About, I don't know how you're going to do on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, these are the kind of songs that uh, you know. This whole thing about goes up to a girl in the bar. He thinks he's a hooker. He asks her how much. She tells him fuck off. Right. But you know she's hanging out everywhere. So what's he supposed to think? I've never had the balls to do anything like that. So. <laughs> Songs like that connect to me because it's like, man, I wish I could do that. That like that that's really cool that somebody can really pull that off because I absolutely can't. And then at the end, is that a baby cry at the end? Like what what I can cackle. That out. Yeah, is that that's, that's almost that's just, like a baby crying. That's just Bond doing his little <laughs> like his little, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, <laughs> it's not like yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It sounded like Pat Tom. <laughs> 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 it's Pat from SNL. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but on this video, because all the videos are very similar, on this video he has a different hat on, because uh, because Angus's hat doesn't last long. No, but here he has a chin strap on the hat. That's <laughs> <laughs> no fucking helmet. <laughs> it keeps him place. You got to see the video. Reminds me of. Hideki Matsui from the New York Yankees. Oh. Tom used to say, because I used to say his head is so enormous 
the Japanese outfielder for the Yankees, his hat. Anytime there's a ball, outfield, his hat would come flying off because yep. he needed a chin strap. Tom yep. like he needs a chin strap for that yep. melon he's got. Never, he, there was he could never field a ball without his hat <laughs> flying off. <laughs> yeah, he was a fucking Red Sox killer, Matt. So oh, yeah. good player, oh, yeah. but good All strong right. overall. All right, shot down in flames. So. Sonny hinted at girls got rhythm. So everything I said about girls got rhythm, I multiply that times a hundred. The, 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 the swagger and the groove that girls got rhythm have, I think is tenfold on this song. The solo might be, I don't know if it's probably not my favorite, but there are certain things that I love about, about when guitarists are doing solos and when bond just screams out, that's nice. Like in the, I love when like the lead singer is like cheering on the guitar player as they do in the, so it just, it just like, like, it's like, yeah, I'm the singer, but I'm going to, you're on my team. I'm going to cheer you on as you're kicking ass right hey, now. Big fan of CC, pick up that guitar and talk to me. Are you? <laughs> yes, I do like that. Yes. But CC DeVille is horrific. And I'm just that that is our monthly poison shit on moment right there. Yeah, we need to have a theme music of fucking our monthly punch. To can, we get a sp- can we get can we get a sponsor? Maybe we can get like some kind of like rat poison company to sponsor us. Your monthly poison pile on. And people think people like he's just terrible, terrible. But that but let me get back to shot down of flames. And, and Sonny, you hinted at it. This whole this whole album. Is a is ballsy and swaggery and about getting chicks and he's writing a song being like, eh, man, I got shot down in flames. She just said no, and I'm gonna sing about it, and it's freaking gonna be awesome. I just think that adds to the uniqueness of the song on, on an album like this. I, I love it, love it. Yeah, for me, I feel like this song is just like Sonny said. Yeah, that song, that song is awesome. That fucking beat, that rhythm. Which one is that again? It's just they're all awesome. Yeah, it's. I thought this was sounds like giving the dog a bone later on that they do. In oh, okay, black. okay. But, uh, this song kicks ass. The ri- the <laughs> fucking groove, damn, yep. damn, like, Ugh. and just like you said, Tom. The, you know, through me listening to this album again, there were times, and I'll get to the rankings afterwards, as we always do. That I'm like, this song is higher than this. This is where I'm starting. And then all of a sudden, this song, no, this song I like better. Oh, I like it better. Oh, yep. I like it better. It just climbs. And then next thing you know, you're like, fuck, holy shit, this song is incredible. And they just pick up on you because it's just ACDC and they have that winning formula. The fucking riff my masters that they are and the drums and the guitar and the vocals. And it is funny. Sonny, I'm like you. I've had, I'm, I'm a single guy at this point. I'm like you. I have done things that I'm not very proud of, but one thing I've yet to really do is to embarrass myself chasing somebody. I'll never ever. And this isn't even in my lot fitter days in younger days, like ever gone to the point where I'm like, like this ballsy, like, Hey baby, want to come home with me? Like I, I always used to think that my game was to not have like a game. Yeah, even though everyone knows, like, yeah, that's everyone's game. That, yeah. Like, right, exactly. But back then, when I was in, you know, we're talking 90s, like, I never fucking would be like, hey, uh, you know what would look good on you? Uh, me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
never do that shit. They would always be like, oh, yeah, all these guys are hitting on you. Well, I'm not going to. You know, it's just that hey. kind of mentality. God bless him for doing that. And that's what makes Bon Scott, because you can believe him being that like, hey, baby, how much to go home with me? Fuck you. I'm not a prostitute, you asshole. Slapping them. Yeah, you could be like, hey, 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 baby, you, you got any Italian in you? Want some? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have a friend like this, and I'm not talking about Tony. Tony's the farthest thing from this, believe you. Oh, a very, very good friend of mine absolutely believes it's a numbers game. If there is 40 yeah. women, yeah, I know, in the bar, he is buying 41 drinks. Like yeah. he is that guy, and he's got it, and he's done. Woman after woman after woman. I mean, he continues to go home. He doesn't, you know, he's not no wow. Robert Redford, right? Like, <laughs> he just, just goes, right? And it's like, wow, but I ain't got that kind of, well, me and Tone just sit there and go, whatever, dude. <laughs> well, that's time and money, baby. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's just one of those things, though. I know they say, like, oh, yeah, if you hit on 40 women, what are your odds? And I always say, like, if I could create one invention, and I think they did create it with all the fucking apps nowadays, like would be an invention of a guy to be able to go back in time and history to be able to have an app. They'd be like, yeah, if you hit on this girl, you could fuck her. You could fuck her. And you're like, no way. I could have fucked her. Yeah. <laughs> and then you would have it like you look in a bar and you'd be like, no, no, no. Yes. And you'd be like, yeah, man, I can fuck her, but I can also fuck her. All right. Which one am I going to get? to? Oh, you're just about to get to her. And somebody else beat you to it. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I see this is like the fourth I'll bang. Uh, she's not the. Then all of a sudden you look around, they're all gone. You're like, fuck, I better hurry up and get to the fat one. I can bang her. And that's the fucking best app I could ever invent. I thought the apps were about love. No. Yeah, that's what it is. No. And, <laughs> and Zeus, Zeus, Zeus swipe left. Yeah, I'd fuck her. 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 And then girls are like, he's insensitive. He's a jerk. I don't like I don't like his car. Oh, he looks like he wouldn't be nice with my family. Like, and we're like, yeah, I'd bang her. I'd bang her. I'd bang her. Pretty You're much. not even reading things. No. Nope. No, it's not about the annual pleasure. It's, it's, it's not, not about, about no. <laughs> All right. So shot down in flames in uh, our sex advice. Let's get it hot now. So get it hot. <laughs> Taking a shot at Manilo. I love it because I am not a huge Manilo fan at all. <laughs> so I, I'm very, very happy that this two and a half minutes included uh, taking a swipe at Manilo. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? 
I just think the chorus is really boring here. I, I, I get it that, you know, it's got the Chuck Berry feel and it's okay overall, but the chorus just doesn't connect with me. And, uh, so the other night I said to Nicole, look, I'm going to bend you like a G screen. <laughs> and, uh, she looked at me and said, you got to stop hanging out with those fuckos. That's basically what she said. So, um, yeah, not the best song on this album. It's a little boring to me. Yeah. My, my big comment here is just weak chorus. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. The song is not bad. It's, it's, it's pretty cookie cutter for this album. It, you know, it, it's got the boogie groove. It's got a great Cliff Williams baseline. I think that that's one of the things that sticks out for me. But when you get to that chorus, you know, with the kind of shuffled drum beat and there's really nothing going on there. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of a forgettable track, but forgettable tracks on highway to hell is still awesome. Yeah. I, 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 I would probably say that in the beginning when I started listening to this album, another one shot right up. Yep. Uh, I love the riff again. Of, of course, it's a little bit like jailbreak. Okay. Um, yep. For me, I love Bon Scott saying, get it hot. And then he changes his voice throughout the course though. Mm. It, it, it changes it a little. Hey, hey, hey. It just, he makes everything work as you believe it when he's singing it. And he's just so likable. Like for me, it's like he's the uh, like he's the ultimate fucking lead singer. Like guys want to be and hang out with him. Yep. Chicks want to bang him. Like he's fucking cool and funny, and he and he's got a good sense of humor about this shit. I think this song it was kind of a sleeper. It grew on me. It I I enjoyed the chorus of it, and I do like it because I like the way he changes it up a bit. Mm-hmm. And his vocals change a bit. I, I, it's a good, again, like Tom, you said, oh, it's maybe a little bit forgettable. There's nothing forgettable about, on, on this real album. No. But no. comparatively speaking, oh, this song is just, it's a, it's another fun track. And sometimes I guess it takes just after listening, listening, I've changed my mind. The, the top three, I don't think we're going to change. But the other songs have changed tremendously up and down mm-hmm. the rankings for me. Yep. So that little hi, 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 you did. Uh, that was like a James Brown lyric. That was cool. <laughs> I think he's awesome. I think he's so funny. I get, I like, I get into it. Now, whoo, let's go to the next track.
So the boogie comes back, the R&B flavor, you know, that this ACDC breakdown they do uh, that's very typical later on in life. And this is the ultimate working class blue collar song, If You Want Blood. And I, I just, I love the way, like, sometimes the titles and the songs come up. So supposedly the story here is Bon is talking to some film crew operator. They're at uh, 78th Day on the Green Festival in Oakland. And they got the spot at 10.30 a.m. <laughs> so the the film crew guy's like, what kind of show should we expect? And Bond said something mm-hmm. like, well, you remember when the ki- Christians got fed to the lions? Well, we're the Christians, and if they want blood, they're going to get it. And that's kind of where Love it. the title came up. Um, I, I just think those kinds of made-up characters and then the singer kind of embodies them is um, – good recipe for a song like this this is when you talk about acdc songs and you talk you know you go get 100 rock fans and you ask them name five acdc songs this will never come up because this one's always kind of hidden in the background because they have such classic hits with other songs that this doesn't always come up and then the whole thing about o positive so i'm assuming that's his blood type yep is that his blood type it must be okay Nice. (laughs) Thank you. Well, like I didn't need to know, but all right. If you want blood, (sighs) this, this, this song is just so fucking good. I just, it, 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 I'm at a loss for words. It's the first song on this album. I'm at a loss for words because it just does so many things. The way the song opens that riff in the way it builds and builds and builds. And then all of a sudden Bon Scott just screams at you. It's criminal. Just the, the tone of his voice and the pace of this song. It's the perfect pace. It's not too fast, but it's not too slow. And that chorus, like you almost get like, like uh, every time we do, we get ready to do these albums. I, I, I when I go running, I kind of play these albums into submission. This is one of those songs where I find myself, and I've said this before in other albums. I find myself running a little faster than I normally would for another song. That, that, and and then when he says, "I want you to bleed," and then and then the 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 solo, the song is just balls out ACDC. And one weird kind of coincidence with this song was. So kind of a quick little segue here. So people that listen to these, these episodes, you know, I'm like a big horror movie nerd. So the other day I was kind of flipping around and I love the final destination movies. They're so stupid, but they're just known for like, like ridiculously horrible death scenes and everything. So final destination five is the last, is the last final destination movie of them all. Okay. Now during the credits of final destination five, they do like a montage of all the best deaths throughout all five final destination movies. And they're playing, if you want blood, you got it. But they're, but the, 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 the clips are put together to like the beat of the song. So it's just wild. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I never realized that. Um, but it, it's just, the song is just awesome. I just loved it. Oh, so good. So for me, um, if you want blood, I, I, Now, the movie soundtrack is in my grunge collection, but there's a scene in Empire Records Mm. where he goes into the office and these guys who you can probably tell never knew ACDC or liked ACDC, except for that Italian actor 
who's an Australian Italian actor who probably knows ACDC. He's mad. He goes to his office and he's supposed to like get his fucking, you know, just scream and get his, all his anger out, puts this song on and he starts playing the drums of this. And then the other little store clerks just start jamming out acting. I love how the guy acts like he's not acting like Bon Scott. He's acting like Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. Yeah. Fucking idiot. And and the and then the little the little little effeminate quirky little kid is trying to be like Angus, like come on, dude, it's fucking <laughs> embarrassing. But anyways, I remember this scene specifically, specifically with this song. This song is, I don't know if you could ever listen to this in your car without taking the knob and going, oh shit, and turning the not turning the knob up, yep, and not fucking just like losing attention. And just be like, fuck, da, 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 da. oh, fuck. Yep. You want to go like 100 miles an hour. Fucking, oh. It's a great Beavis and Butthead song. Da, 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 da. Are you driving a 1958 Pinto? I got the little volume thingies on the steering wheel there. Yeah, but come on. It's expression, ass wipe. This is, this is, <laughs> this is Zeus, Zeus, this is the guy that introduces the show by saying, don't turn your radio dial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tom. See, when a push comes to shove, he's got my back. Fuck exactly. Exactly. But yeah, but there's no way you don't turn the volume up on this. There's no way. The song kicks <laughs> ass. It's just so iconic. Yep. The vocals cramming now. Oh, oh the screech. Amazing. Oh my God. And it amazing. just and then the whole line about the Christians and the lie thrown to the lion. Oh. Oh my God! Yep, it's just if you want blood, you've got it. If you want blood, you've got it. The fan. And one cool other thing before we move on, the so the live album of if you yep. want blood, you got that album cover. I don't know how that album cover was allowed to be released <laughs> because there's like like you think about that. That is about as gory and graphic, and that's a photo. It's not even like a drawing. Of Angus being impaled with the guitar. <laughs> like, th- I remember when I was a kid, we used to go to the mall and flip through the record stores like you. And I'd be like, oh, oh, my God, they killed a guy with a guitar. Like, you know, now, granted, that, that, was, that was the live album. But, um, oh, it's a great song. Let's not talk about the track listing on that album, though, please. No, we won't. Ugh. No, no, we will not talk about that. Track. It's not about the track listing. <laughs> it's not about that. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> let's go to the next one.
hungry man. All right. The good and the bad. Uh, the good. No, what? Um, the baseline feels Motown. There's some paces in the verses, and they change the melody up a bit. That at least is interesting. The rest of this song is super meh to me. I don't like the slower tempo. Malcolm even said it was too pop. Angus said it was the worst song ACDC's ever written. He must have had a bad night or night of bad pizza. You can blame him. (laughs) And I agree with him. This song is not great. And in, in an album which has so many classic songs I would listen to the rest of my life, if this thing never existed, it would not matter to me. Because wow. it's not that great of a song. Ah, but it's, it's still good. better than giving yourself away. So fuck you, Piercy. Dude, what but is it, your problem with Stephen Piercy? What's wrong with you? I think did the he, problem did is... Did he you know, steal the, your girl back then? I'm sure Jesus. he did. I'm actually rooting for Rat to Dude. stand up Sonny on the cruise so he gets stood up again by Rat. The fucking guy from Grim Reaper could have stolen your girlfriend back then. Relax. No, he no, he that, guy, that guy's not stealing girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not about the Grim Reaper. Yeah, yeah. He made it's a not about me, the crocus. But it wasn't the girl. No, no, yeah. no. How can the, even if you don't like this song, you have to at least love that bass line. That he said it. He, line, said, was it. he said it. No, no, I know, no, I I know. But because because I love I love how like this is another one of those songs. And the, look, it's not one. Of, it's not a standout on the album. But <laughs> again, this is what I like about we talk about track listing sequencing. You just get your brains blown out by if you want blood. And then they kind of tone it down a little bit with Love Hungry Man. And again, I said it earlier about a, another song on the album. The first verse, the, the the music and the guitars are very, very subtle, kind of groovy a little bit. And then the second verse, Angus is kind of ripping on the chords a little bit more to kind of give the song a little bit of a little bit of life. The chorus is whatever. It's not a standout for me. I like it. I like it way more than Sonny likes it. But I think the bass line and that groove kind of sells it. Cliff Williams kind of bangs it out on this one. Yeah. For me, what stands out is it's different. The vocals on it. He's yeah. singing in a different style. It's not It's not fast-paced ACDC. It's just a different mm-hmm. type of song. The last two tracks are kind of similar in that sense. That kind of like bluesier, slower you know, where Angus, uh, Angus, excuse me, where Bond is not using the higher pitch or screech in his voice. Um, he's singing this a little differently. I think of, I think of, hung, I think of Love Hungry Man. I think of those swans in me. Hungry Man did. Oh, dude, I love those. What are you talking about? I think dude, of the brownies. The best part first. Dude, the best part of the brownie is that the middle would burn the roof of your mouth apart and That's the edge right. of it would be cold. I've never Start eaten the brownies. And you you have never had a... Well, oh, wait, 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 wait. Move the wait, wait, corn wait. into the meatloaf gravy, the Salisbury steak. It's awesome. No. Dude, dude the, we dude. talked about this on the kissing contest, on that kiss episode we did, where if, like... Two men, remember in the kissing contest? The two men. <laughs> the man and the two woman. Men. What the fuck am I missing? What episode was that? <laughs> Holy remember shit. On, the, on the kissing contest on the Mike yes. Douglas show? Yeah, yeah. And they were like kissing for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about what kind of food they would have to be like, like preparing their meals because you said they couldn't have had the like Salisbury steak. <laughs> 
Dude, the the best was the, the and the pudding. The pudding was like asphalt that would like burn your skin off. It was like napalm. Because if you ate that and you were making out with somebody for like two days, imagine like, oh honey, I gotta take a shit while we make. Dude, the best hungry man dinner was the fried chicken because it would get oh, stuck to the too. foil. Yeah. It would get stuck to the foil, and then you get to oh. take your fork and unstick it. Yeah, and that's the best part. This is an ordinary man. Honey, I'm home. I made dinner. This is a hungry man. Baby, I'm home. How was work today? A few body slams, the usual. I'm starving. What's for dinner? I made your favorite. Hungry man. A whole pound of food men love. Fried chicken, mashed potatoes, corn and pudding. Mind if I join you? Hungry man from Swanson. It's good to be full. Get your own sucker! Oh, the dude. fuck is eating this food? We're getting, we're getting, you, you know what this food? After college, you were with Bridget. When were you like eating hungry dude. man food? Dude, this was like, this was, uh, this, I'll probably say this. It was probably high school years where I obviously still living at home. My parents would go out on a Saturday night for dinner or they'd go out with friends and I'd be hanging out and I'd just be like, dude, it's fucking hungry man time. It's fucking divorce dad alone. That shit. <laughs> That's what the hungry man meal is for. Right? You talk, so you say a hungry man, wife beater, cause yeah. banquet beer. That's it. <laughs> Salisbury steak. <laughs> You'd be doing some dents on the toilet eating that shit. Oh, that's some fucking awful food. I, I, oh. like how, I like how the first thing me and Sonny said was, oh, no, the brownie. <laughs> I can't believe you guys know this food. It's in the frozen section at the supermarket, right? They still have this. Oh, this was the go-to because they were like 99 cents each. When yeah. I was in, when yeah, I was, was in grade school, that is, yeah. they, <laughs> and both of my parents worked, and, and they, you know, it was easy oh, to cook. And they had about six thousand calories and about eight thousand yeah. grams of sodium. In <laughs> and then, I was say how much salt was yeah. in that. <laughs> and it used to be uh, oven only. And then it became microwavable, and it became even better because now no, you get to a no, fast. No, 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 the oh. no, the oven's the best because that foil. No. <laughs> Oh my god, how many calories from fat was in that thing? Dude, the fact that we can connect the dots between love hungry man and then spend 10 minutes on hungry man dinners. That, 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 I'm telling you, the mashed potatoes are out of this world. The Sonny just said Sonny just said the mashed potatoes are out of this world. Dude, the quality of fucking meat in that food. That's Must- dumpster food wrapped in foil. <laughs> oh my god! So oh, that's the ones where they sniff at it and they're like, "Ugh, I'm not eating this shit." <laughs> Dude, soup kitchen homeless people. Turn- I'm not eating that. <laughs> okay, now look, that. you got to edit all this out because this is every Friday night here. <laughs> okay, God. Sonny oh. takes it out and puts it on a plate with like a little thing of parsley. Hey, hey Nicole, I cooked for you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the fucking. Braised beef, fucking! <laughs> I get the, I get the meat, I get the the, the meat lasagna with the tapioca pudding on the side for dessert. <laughs> Eat the shit. You got like fucking the, the meat squares. Oh, this is why people listen. You're on a date with a chicken. You both eat this shit. Oh, oh you're gonna, you're gonna love the mashed potato potatoes. They're amazing. You should put the corn and the gravy and mix them all up. Oh my god! You should not do any of that. 
Oh my god. Oh, you started it, Zeus. You started it. God, because I right. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about let's talk about serial killers. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, so Night Prowler owed to Richard Ramirez. Now, this is this is interesting for me because I'm 16 at this point, right? So by the time this Richard Ramirez shit is happening, I am a junior in high school. So this is all over MTV in between Who Made Who and Shook Me All My Long videos. And uh, this whole thing, you know, about killing 16 people and blah, 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 like I – I don't know. I don't know if I buy the whole, you know, the music made me do it. I, I do believe music has power. I think music, music creates a mood. I think you got to be accountable for your own actions. Um, you listen to the song, it does kind of drudge along and it does kind of put you in that weird mood. I don't know if it's, I don't love the mood that it puts me in and it's too slow. I tried speeding it up 25%. It was still too slow. I don't think I can get past the Richard Ramirez thing. Like I've never been really been able to listen to this song without that 
even though he does the more commendy thing at the end and is trying to make yeah. it, hey, this isn't got nothing to do with nothing. And it's not it's not anybody's fault that Richard Ramirez did all this stuff, but it hit me at sixteen. Right? It's think about the first news you really watched and started to understand. It was probably junior, senior year of high school when you start kind of figuring out like this is what this means and why it matters and your parents are like, Look, that's why you don't go out when it's dark or that's why you stay out of Oakland or whatever it is. And um I, I've just never been able to separate it. So this this song is really tough for me. Wow, <clears throat> that's an, that's a good that's a good story, and I mean that like for real. That's interesting. That, that and you're right, music and lyrics and songs and c- the connections can have, can have that kind of meaning. Uh, I, I don't have that kind of connection to this song. Um, I like when ACDC does stuff like this, I'm glad that there's one of these songs and only one of these songs on this album. Like I, I like another song. This reminds me of is that song ride on. I like that. It's not a go-to song for me, but I like that they can do this and they pull it off really well. If you like this kind of stuff, that's slow. I mean, this song is painfully slow. It almost sounds like it's too slow, but they do a good job with it. And I think the lyrical content and the way that Bon Scott is telling the story, it all fits together. Now, Sonny has already talked about it. Unfortunately, it has the connection to Richard Ramirez. And unfortunately, Richard Ramirez was nicknamed the Night Stalker, which didn't help that this song is Night Prowler. I think everybody who knows this album and knows this song, unfortunately, you think of Richard Ramirez. Now, it's hard to kind of not connect the dots there a little bit. They say that there was a VH1 behind the music on ACDC. The band said that, you know, it's actually about a boy sneaking into his girl's bed, you know, his girlfriend's bedroom at night. Hey, I don't know if that's true. If you listen to these lyrics, it seems a little bit more. And if you watch the video for this, the video is alarming. The video is really stalker. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a disconcerting video, especially for, for when this came out at this time. Please stop um, using big words on this, on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Upsetting. How's upsetting? Can I use the word upsetting? That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Scary, sad, frightening. Uh, But all that, putting all that aside and kind of separating the two, I I like the song. Like I said, I'm glad that there's just one of these on the album. I I don't mind it. Yeah, let's not get carried away. The song came out before the fucking serial killer. So anybody that's making it an issue is a fucking idiot. Uh, The song actually a fun kind of groovy little bluesy kind of tune. And it is to me. I don't think these guys are kind of uh, the type of band that want to get into like someone getting murdered or something. This isn't fucking Dio writing about the <laughs> wizard putting a curse on the on the on the fair maiden, and someone wants to kill them. Like this is them being like sleazy, and someone's gonna go and come to your window at night. Back then, people talked like that. Nowadays, you'd be fucking arrested and what do you call it? Kicked off and canceled for for writing shit like this, but oh, I don't yeah. think they had that in mind. And I remember specifically, I had a friend that slept over my house one time when we were in high school, and I lost him out drinking. And then he came to my house like two in the morning, banging on my window, like, "Hey, I have to come in." I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? And I jokingly called him the night prowler. He's knocking on my window at two in the morning to come on in. Nice. It's just it's for fun. I think it's a cool 
kind of like you know foreboding kind of oh yeah. what's coming down here the song and in typical bond lets you know hey it's all a fucking joke settle down with the nanu nanu mork and mindy yep. shit at the end of the song it's a good song it's fun it's yeah. different but you know it, and, and unfortunately people love to jump on things and uh they took this as uh because he had an acdc shirt on and, and attached it to acdc it had nothing to do with that stuff and uh but that's the sensationalism of journalism sometimes and this was unfortunately sometime around your era uh sonny and it's too bad but i i don't associate with them and acdc is not about that acdc is not about the murder they're about no, no. Love. It's about passion. It's about passion. It's about hungry men dinners. <laughs> no, it's not there's about a, murder. There's another story that Angus in an interview said one time. It's about when he was a kid, his room would get too hot and he would open his window and yep. his window connected to an alley. And that there would be like weird <laughs> noises and stuff down the alley and the songs about that. Okay. That's good. That's scary. Dude, I, what the fuck is wrong with that? I already opened the window. Some wino is going to come in. That's crazy. But that's the end. That's the last track. And so we end Highway to Hell. Before we start doing what we normally do, which is ranking all the songs. Final thoughts, Sonny? Uh, simple, sexy, swagger. I love Bonds. He can talk with his eyes in the videos, the devilish grin, the don't take yourself too seriously, three and a half, four minute songs that you don't got to be too smart like me to enjoy. Mass appeal connects to everybody. These songs will live way past us. Many of these songs will live for a life. Hell, my son just heard them for the first time yesterday. He's like, wow, that was some great songs, dad. And he's 20 mm-hmm. years old, and he hadn't really heard these, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's cool for me because my son really enjoys, like, TSO and some of that complicated crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's kind of nice to know that he can come back to this kind of uh, more simple stuff. But uh, overall, really good album. Yeah, you're right. There's a time and a place for – look, we all like different bands, different genres, different styles of, of rock specifically. <clears throat> and there's a time and a place – depending on your mood for what you're in for what you want. Like, I, look, I'm a huge rush fan. There are certain times where I'm into that. And there are certain times when I'm like, you know what? I, I, I can't deal with a, with a nine minute song with 14 time signatures. I, I want something. I want ACDC and I want highway to hell. You know, I like the, the pummeling Brian Johnson back in black for those about to rock ball breaker, you know, whatever you want to call it, ACDC, but I like this. We've said the word a million times, swagger. Then that that's what it is. That's what Bon Scott brings here. The groove, the riffs, the rhythm. It, it, it's a timeless album. It's an album that you're you're never gonna get sick of. And it's an album that you're gonna find yourself always coming back to sooner or later. It's a classic for a reason. Uh it's my favorite ACDC album. Uh I'm glad we did this. I love Back in Black, but I love that album. Everybody does. But this is my favorite ACDC album, and I love Bon Scott, and this is why. We're both grunge fans. Sonny is not what you would call a grunge fan. Certain times, I don't. I can't put it on. Like, I don't want to get pensive. I don't want to start thinking too much. 
I just want to put something on. The only time ACDC and this album can't go on is if I don't want to get too fucking hyped up. Like if I'm with my parents, I'm not playing this in the background, going around and punch somebody in the back. Like, you know what I mean? Like this song fucking, you could play this at every barbecue, every time you're cooking or doing chores of the house. There's no reason why you can't have it on unless you don't want to get too excited because the fucking album rocks. That's how good this is. So the this album to me is quintessential ACDC. And again, another one of my favorite inventions. And I hope to think that in, in the time, if uh, we all believe in the afterlife and uh, Jesus and God and all that other stuff, I'm going to get philosophical on you. I'd always want to think that if I can go to heaven, the one thing I'd always want to do is have the game where I can always be like, can you tell me if this happened? Can you tell me if that happened? If JK didn't get killed? Can you please tell me what would happen with ACDC if Bon Scott didn't die? I'm I'm curious. I'm like, yep. because I fucking love him. Although ACDC may not be my top 10 frontman, he, I mean, uh, bands, he's probably a top 10, easily my frontman. He's oh, yeah. so likable. He's yep. so fucking cool. I love that he doesn't give a shit. I, I think his voice is great. Is it not? It's not top vocals I've ever heard. But he knows what he's doing. I can listen to him. He's authentic. And he's a true rock badass that you could fucking love. And the whole band is like that. They're not unlikable characters. Unless you call setting up a hitman to kill your fucking ex-wife or whatever the fuck he did back there. uh, Phil Rudd. But, like, they're all likable. Angus Young is a likable person. Malcolm Young, like the whole band, Brian Johnson is a likable person. How can you have anything but po- not positive things about ACDC? I love this album. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I love Bon Scott. And for me, I love that we got to do his ACDC first than Brian Johnson's. So that's all I wanted to add. And one last thing we didn't even get into, we didn't even bring this, but just kind of before we get into the rankings, we didn't even mention, you know, the fact that, you know, it'll be four years ago this year where Malcolm Young passed away, Um, he passed away in 2017. And what a loss. I mean, we, we talk about it during this episode. Everybody talks about Angus and his riffs, but if you're talking about underrated rhythm guitar players, you, you, you have to be talking about Malcolm Young. So rest in peace to him. Uh, Tom, the thing I would tell you is I, I I love them. When we did one of our first drafts ever on our live cast, yep. and we were drafting a, an imaginary fake all-star band, yes. I picked him I remember as a that. rhythm guitar player. Yep. Because I think of you just go rhythm guitar player, who else can you get that can give you a better crunch, a, 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 a songwriter and a lyricist yep. and backing vocals and won't give you shit, mm-hmm. right? I know, nope. uh, I, and and just reliable and a good guy from all I've heard. Yep. So I think I, you know, God bless him too. Yeah, it's crazy because Angus. I think it's normal to give Angus the uh, credit for the mm-hmm. riffs. We don't have any idea they're Angus's riffs. Correct. We don't know that for sure. It could easily be Malcolm. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, Neither I, one of those guys are going to tell you. Well, Malcolm can't tell you, and he wouldn't have anyway. So it doesn't matter. Right? I think they're a team, though. I think yeah. they worked well off of each other, and I, and that God bless them both. Uh, again, nobody says anything bad about ACDC, and that's for a reason. Those yep. guys kick ass. So rankings, ten songs. We're going to start 
10 to the number one. Who wants to go first this time? Ooh, this is going to be tough. I'll go first this time, I guess. Sonny, you want to go next or you want to go last? Uh, I'll go next. Okay. I'll go last. All right. This this is this is gonna this is a tough one for me. Uh, you want to preface it? It's it's especially my top, my the top of my list. Um, so I, I'll just go right here. So the the bottom of my list was easy. This is one of those albums where the, the bottom was a little easier. Once you climb to the top, kind of like a dart throw. But uh, number ten for me is beating around the bush. Sunny. Yeah, for me, it's this whole album. There's two meh songs. There's one good one. There's one that would be my number one no matter what. And numbers two through seven could change on the day, to be honest. Okay. okay. So um, my my uh, number 10 is Love Hungry Man. It's just not. It's wow. Not, it's not good. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, I'm like you, uh, Tom. My number 10 is probably going to be somewhere in the middle of our top songs. Yep. That's how. That's why I want to preface this. So even though it's ten, I still like it. It's not a bad song, mm-hmm. and that's beating around the bush. Okay. Wow. Uh, so my number nine, and uh, I, I, I we've talked about it. I think it's it's the, it's the weak chorus that kind of puts it, drops it down. It's still a good song, uh, and number nine is "Get It Hot." My number nine, I can't get past it. It's going to be "Night Prowler." I just I don't ever go to it. Fair enough. Uh, number nine for me, walk all over you. Ooh, wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, number eight for me. Uh, I like the song, but it's it's just too slow to be too higher, any higher than this. And number eight for me is Night Prowler. Uh, number eight for me is going to be Get It Hot. A little boring for me. Hmm. Number eight for me, Love Hungry Man. That is my number seven, Love Hungry Man. My number seven, Shot Down in Flames. So here's where it gets tough, right? Because my number two through seven could change at any time. Okay. It's there the the seven I the seven I have left are outstanding songs. Yep. So I'm at I will tell you this, my top three or my top three. I wasn't changing that. Right from I didn't even have to listen. But four through seven, every one of these songs changed. This was number four for me. And now it's number seven before we're done with this. And that's and all these songs are awesome, I think. Girls Got Rhythm. Mm. All right, my number six, Walk All Over You. Uh, my number six was be- Beating Around the Bush. I guess I like it better than you guys wow. do. Wow, Okay. Uh, number six for me, Night Prowler. This top five for me, I mean, specifically the top three, but number five for me is uh, Touch Too Much. Wow. Uh, number five for me was Walk All Over You. Get It Hot, number five for me. Wow. Number four, this when, when we when we just it's funny when we decided to do this album, th- my number four, this was. This was like, oh, this is going to be number one, probably number two, but it's number four, and that's Girls Got Rhythm. Uh, my number four is If You Want Blood. That's how good this oh! is. Sunny, Sunny comes in with a haymaker as usual. Fucking can't 
drop. We can't do it without dropping something that like what? <laughs> uh, number four shot. Uh, we're in four, right? Shot yep. down in flames. Such a fun fucking song, and Bond pulls it off. Number three, this is where I might start taking gunshots from from you guys and maybe the listeners. I'm sorry. Number three, Highway to Hell. Wow. All right. My number three is Touch Too Much. Touch Too Much for me. Number three. I'm going to tell you right now, during this recording, I flipped my one and two. I've done this. I've done this before during episodes. Uh and and I, it's literally 50-50 coin flip for me. But something needs to be one, something needs to be two. And right now, Shot Down in Flames is number two for me. Number two for me is Girls Got Rhythm. I, yeah, that song is way too good. Great song. Great song. Number two, If You Want Blood. And that is my number one, If You Want Blood. It's just got everything I want in Bond and everything I want in this album. It's it's just balls out awesome. And then if my tracking mechanism is correct, both Zeus and I have the same number one in Highway to Hell. I, I forgot know, to I, mention. I feel un-American for not having that as my number one, but you should. I know, I know. <laughs> Highway to Hell also is a soft spot for me. Because it's the ending part in the credits for a forgotten Adam Sandler classic movie, Little Nicky. <laughs> oh, thank God I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's not that great of a movie. <laughs> I think that movie's hilarious. Thank it's God awesome I have they're never big, seen that. Big rock guys, and they end with Highway to Hell. And they, they stop them, and they, they're rocking out to the song. Another yeah. thing, Zeus, too, that we haven't mentioned, Highway to Hell that's big time high school bus ride football hockey. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yes. One blood is too. Those two songs yep. were on our school bus ride going to the garden and go always to the game. Yep. yep. Oh yeah. Big yep. time. Coming okay, out to so. music, Highway to Hell, along with Shook Me All Night Long, which still plays in places and back yep. in black and stuff. But yeah, that's a song I don't need to hear again. You shook me all night long. But that's yeah. okay. so total tied for fourth was Girls Got Rhythm and Shot Down in Flames. Third was Touch Too Much. Second was If You Want Blood. And number one was Highway to Hell. I will tell you this, Sonny. This is the first time, and I know you guys have probably done this once. This is the first time my ranking went out. Number one, Highway to Hell. Number two, If You Want Blood. Number three, Touch Too Much. I've never had that. Wow. Okay. But how can I go wrong? It's this fucking album. Exactly. Yeah, true. Okay. Oh, All right, here comes a scary part now. All right, so these are the albums we have reviewed so far, and they are seventeen albums. Okay, we reviewed Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, White Snake Slide It In, Van Halen's OU812, Soundgarden Super Unknown, Def Leppard Pyromania, Metallica Load, Iron Maiden Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi Debut, Bon Jovi. Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, Allison Chain's Jar of Flies, Winger debut, Winger, the singles soundtrack, Tesla Mechanical Resonance, Ingve Malmsteen, Odyssey, Hailstorm debut, Hailstorm, Rat Detonator, and now ACDC, Highway to Hell. 
So the first thing we always do is album cover rankings. Tom, do you have your list in front of you? Or do you I do. No, I do. So I have, uh, number one, I have Blizzard of Oz. Number two, Peace of Mind. Number three, Appetite for Destruction. Number four, Pyromania. Five, Mechanical Resonance. Six, Slatted In. Seven, Hailstorm. Eight, Odyssey. Nine, Jar of Flies. Ten, Super Unknown. Eleven, Singles. Twelve, Bon Jovi. Thirteen, Winger. Fourteen, Load. Fifteen, OU812. Sixteen, Detonator. I am putting this cover right behind Blizzard of Oz, number two. Wow. Yep. It's just uh, the the iconic nature of it. And I can't remember not. I feel like this album has been like a piece of me my entire life. It's just the iconic imagery, the logo, the horns, the tail. Just it's it's just it's too much. It It's touched too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So my rankings uh, initially are peace of mind, slide it in blizzard. Pyromania, Appetite, Mechanical Resonance, Hailstorm, Bon Jovi, Detonator, Singles, Winger, Super Known, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, Odyssey, OU812, and Load. This album is going to go right behind Appetite and Before Mechanical at number six. Nice. Okay. Number six for Sonny. All right. All right. (laughs) Booger. Uh, for me, I have at number one, Blizzard of Oz. Number two, Appetite for Destruction. Three, Peace of Mind. Four, Slide It In. Five, Pyromania. Six, Jar of Flies. Seven, Mechanical Resonance. Eight, Super Unknown. Nine, Single Soundtrack. Ten, OU812. Eleven, Bon Jovi. Twelve, Hailstorm. Thirteen, Odyssey. Fourteen, Winger. Fifteen, Detonator. Sixteen, Load. I am putting Highway to Hell in between sliding in and pyromania it's going in at number five nice it's iconic it's better than pyromania even though the the image is better they're both iconic mm-hmm. but i still think slide it in with what do we call it sunny snakes and titties <laughs> is a better album cover even though what it one's more iconic than the other so yeah that's uh that means highway to hell pushed a lot of people uh a lot of album covers down. So let's go to the album itself, the rankings. Tom, do you have your rankings? I do. Oh, boy. This is rough. Do you want to read them? Yes. All right. So far, I got number one, Mechanical Resonance. Two, Singles. Three, Pyromania. Four, Jar of Flies. Five, Appetite for Destruction. Six, Odyssey. Seven, Hailstorm. Eight, Blizzard of Oz. Nine, Super Unknown. Ten, Load. Eleven, Slide It In. 12 Winger, 13 Detonator, 14 OU812, 15 Bon Jovi, 16 Peace of Mind. Oh, boy, this is really difficult. Highway to Hell. See, if you ask me this tomorrow, I say this every time we do these. If you ask me this tomorrow, it could be totally different. But for right now, I am putting Highway to Hell behind Pyromania at number four. Okay. Ahead of Jar of Flies and behind Pyromania, which I can't believe I'm dropping Appetite for Destruction again. But <laughs> this is just getting impossible. For me. It's just getting more and more difficult, especially with these group these group picks with these iconic albums. So, Sonny. 
All right, so my rankings so far are Hailstorm, Slided In, Appetite, Mechanical Resonance, Pyromania, Winger, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, OU812, Blizzard of Oz, Odyssey, Single Soundtrack, Detonator, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, and Load. There is 16 albums. I am putting this dead center at number nine. So Fair right uh, in between OU812 and Bon Jovi self-titled. And really, it's there's some great songs on this thing. I just don't go to ACDC often because when it comes down to it, I'm not a huge ACDC fan. But ACDC yep. fan, ACDC isn't something I turn off. It's not one of my top right. 10. It could make it top 50. There's no doubt. I can name 40 ACDC songs without even trying, right? So I'm yep. enough of a fan to understand it. And I do love the Bon Scott years better. But some of these albums, you're talking about some of my favorite albums of all time here. Yeah. Well, that, 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 and that's, that's the, the thing. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these rankings here. I mean, I have Super Unknown ranked 10th. Like I, I I love that album. I mean I mean I ha- I have I have slided in ranked twelfth. I have Appetite for Destruction ranked sixth. <laughs> On that is insane. That is one of my all time favorite albums. But it it's just getting more difficult. Yeah. All right. So for me, my number one, Blizzard of Oz. Two, Pyromania. Three, Appetite. Uh, four, Mechanical Resonance. Five, Singles. Six Jar of Flies, seven Bon Jovi debut, uh, eight Super Unknown, nine slided in, ten Detonator, eleven Peace of Mind, twelve Load, thirteen Hailstorm, fourteen Odyssey, uh, fifteen OU eight one two, and uh, rounding up the rear is Winger at number sixteen. Where am I putting Highway to Hell? I'm putting this at number four. Ooh, just like me. Yep. Uh, Blizzard of Oz, Pyromania, Appetite, Highway to Hell, then Mechanical Resonance. Nice. Yeah. So nice. it's uh, overall, it's uh, highly ranked, comparatively speaking. Yep. And uh, it's a great album. The good thing is, uh, you know, we, we will keep com- these album reviews coming. Tom is up next. I am dying to hear this. Best part of these episodes are the episodes that it, when it ends, that I hear what the next album review is going to be when we come up with it. Yep. So uh, I'm anxious to hear what Tom has coming down the line. But before we move on, we usually go to this. Sonny, what makes you rock hard other than hungry man dinners? <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking, you know what you, you should do for your pick is Zeus. I will pick the 186 CD behind you. Oh yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, too risky. Which section? The Elvis section, the alternative <laughs> rock section, the country <laughs> section, or uh, the hair metal section, the Zeppelin section, the Kiss section. Too risky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So rock hard segment here. Um, we recently on Grown Up Rock interviewed a band called the L.A. Maybe. And they have an album out there called Dirty Damn Tricks. And, you know, since we knew we were doing an ACDC uh, type episode, these guys have an ACDC flavor called the L.A. Maybe. 
Um, band from the Carolinas. If you're a fan of like Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Van Halen, these guys are kind of that perfect mix. Uh, Dallas on guitar, Daryl on guitar, Josh on keys, Rashawn on bass, Ryan on drums, and a guy named Alvy Robinson on vocals, who has an interesting story because he was one of the four singers that auditioned to replace Brian Johnson in ACDC in 2016. Oh, wow. So he's got the voice. This isn't your... This isn't your uh, local bar band doing fucking back in black and uh, barely can do it and then can't do another song. This, this isn't one of those, right? This is a guy who's got the voice and and has Axel in his voice. So he's got a little mm. bit of Axel and a little bit of Brian Johnson. So it's very, very interesting. Album's called Dirty Damn Tricks. If you want to give it a shot, there's four songs I would tell you to give a shot to. Sucker Punch, which could be a bonus track right off of Appetite. Mr. Danger, which is like an ACDC song with a pop chorus. She's Reckless, which has got kind of an 80s Bon Jovi flavor. And a song called Oh Sugar, which has got part ACDC and part Def Leppard. These guys have grown up and have the hooks, the fat, meaty type melodic hooks that we love of the bands that we talk about. L.A. Maybe, Dirty Damn Tricks. Yeah, and you shared shared with us the uh, Oh Sugar clip, which I I, I was very surprised. I liked it. Very, very, it's, I like new bands that they have their, they, they, they pave their own way. They have their own sound, but they're, but they, they still kind of, you know, hold on to that classic eros of stuff, which it's, it's a, it was a cool sound for sure. I like it. So maybe check out the rest of it. All right. So for me, um, I am a huge fan of, uh, documentaries, true crime documentaries, if they're if they're well made, if they're informative, and if they're not very sensationalistic, I watched what is probably the best one I've seen in recent memory. And one of the reasons why it's great is because it's right here in our backyard with of me and Zeus. And it's a four-part documentary series on Netflix called This is a Robbery, the World's Greatest Art Heist. And it's about the art heist from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston that happened in 1990. This documentary is unbelievable. I I, I didn't know what I was going to get into. I wanted to watch it because if you are from this area, you you say Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum and people are like, oh, no shit, I know. They still don't know who did it. Can you believe that? Like, they still don't know who did it. You watch this documentary. It is, I have never seen so much meticulous research put into a documentary where by the time it's over, they've practically solved it, but it's still unsolved because they can't really nail down who did it. I can't recommend it enough. And it was really cool too. I've read a ton of mob books that I I love nonfiction. I run a ton of, ton of mob books and they actually mention in this documentary, my hometown of Medford, Mass., because way back then there was actually a mafia initiation ceremony that was done in the Heights of Medford where I grew up, but that's okay. A lot of Italian people there. Zeus knows that, but uh, I, I, I can't recommend enough. It's called, this is a robbery world's greatest art heist on Netflix. Absolutely mesmerizing. It's on my uh, uh, queue. No. Yeah, I want, as soon as I saw it coming up, I'm like, all right, I definitely will watch this. Oh. I know all about it. Remember yep. when it happened. And so, I'm dying to see it, Tom. So good call. Good oh, it's call. amazing. Yep. Yep. 
So for me, I've done this before. Uh, I talked about Law and Order, the TV show, which is, you know, iconic. Everybody knows Law and Order. You're home, you're tired, whatever. You flick on, oh, Law and Order is going to start. You watch an episode and you love it. And you could be Law and Order, the original Law and Order SVU. You could even like Criminal. You can like them all. Uh, for me, I was uh, always an original. I liked Law and Order. I liked Sam Watterson. I loved McCoy, the DA, because there's more. And he always had the smoking hot ADAs, which there's no <laughs> way. At some point, the hiring practices, somebody would be like, dude, what's going on there with this guy McCoy? Where's he getting these women? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Someone's going to fucking file a complaint on him. But it's always great. And I love the cops. I love Lenny Briscoe. He was just so funny. And like, it, it was just a great show. And I love SVU. I love uh, Chris Marloni. I love that if you watch the first actual series on HBO, do you know what that was? Go ahead. Oz. And oh. all these characters from either uh, Law and Order or uh, Homicide, all those character actors and actors are always all the criminals in this stuff. Anyways, Christopher Maloney was just incredible on Oz as well. I like him. He was like the most graphic male, like make-out sections, cocks out, asses (laughs) out. It's not for the faint of heart. Like everybody between like him, Luke Perry, dicks out, everything, ass, like they showed everything. Like I think you, it was just out there, but the series is so incredible. But anyways, he came back. So obviously his character left Law and Order about ten years ago, and now he's back after I'm not going to give it away, but something happened in his family, so he's now back, and he has his their own show, and it's Law and Order called Organized Crime. Uh, nice. Dylan McDermott plays like the the mob guy that he's kind of going after, and it's a little different because it's not the serial kind of like. Where you just turn on Law and Order episode, you don't need to know what happened in the background. Maybe they might have a little subplot about someone's family story in the background a little bit, but you don't need to watch it to watch an episode. This one is a little different because you're following really the actor is really dominating, and he's back. And he came back from Italy. He was uh, like liaison there with the New York Police Department. Someone attacked his family, and now he's out to solve it. And they put him on a criminal unit for organized crime. Now I am a big mob. Mafia guru buff I know everything about it I follow that shit all the way down the line I can name the families I can name who was the boss I love all that shit So I'm like excited to see where this show goes You know Dylan McDermott plays The criminal in this one And of course his father's in the first couple Episodes and his father is played By good old Jowl actor from A Bronx tale you know him Chaz Palminteri yeah, he plays, you know, the guy from Bronx Tale. He plays the Love mobster. And then they have, the, for some reason, they have the actor, the mobster's name, Sinatra. Like, come on. What? what? Yeah, exactly. Like, you're going to name the mobster guy, his last name, Sinatra? That's a little too much. But anyway, yeah, come on. Come Marloni is just steals every episode, every scene that he's in. It's just so much fun. And then you see Olivia Benson, his old partner there, Mariska Hargitay, come in. And there's this obviously tension because they haven't seen each other in 10 years. And you're waiting for each episode. Where are they going to talk about it? And then Ice-T kind of makes an appearance in the first one. It's Ice-T because you think it's he's awesome. Ice-T. And, yep. and, and the episode is building. It's building. And so I just watched episode, uh, I think it's number three. And it's great. And you got a lot of the recurring cut, his family members. 
making appearances on the show and stuff. And I've been really getting into it. I love Law and Order. I think Dick Wolf does an incredible job and he makes appealing television. And it's not very much that you can say these days is appealing television. And he does a great job. And Christopher Maloney does an awesome job. Law and Order, organized crime. That's uh, what I recommend. Very cool. Cool. So before we wrap this up, Sonny, where can we find you, buddy? I'm everywhere. Uh, Growing up rock. Dot com is probably the easiest place, but uh, just uh, hit me on Twitter. Probably is the easiest way. Nice. And uh, yeah, you can find us. Shout it out, Loudcast. Uh, we are. If you're listening to this episode for the first time, we are primarily an all Kiss podcast. New episodes dropping on Saturdays. Uh, we do these monthly album review crew episodes with Sunny, where we review obviously non Kiss albums that we love. Um, and, uh, our email is shouted out loudcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a great, uh, Facebook group page, shouted out loudcasters for all you kiss fans. Uh, that's a great place to find us. Um, and we are part of the awesome Pantheon podcast network of shows, tons of great shows, including ours. Uh, and yeah, check us out, you know, reach out to us. Tell us what you think of uh, ACDC highway to hell. Tell us what you think of ACDC in general. Tell us what you think of our rankings. Um, so yeah, reach out to us, send us an email. We read them all and uh, most of them we read on the air as well. Yeah. I like to echo those sentiments, Tom, people can uh, always DM us on, uh, our Instagram, our Facebook and our Twitter accounts. We're very active on social media. Please email us. We like the emails specifically for these episodes. Email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. We always like to thank Ed at Click T Shop where you can get all your Shout It Out Loudcast gear. He has a great ARC type shirt that uh, he's been putting out there for us. If you're interested in that, take a look at that. And don't forget our Patreon account, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That's out there. If you want to help contribute, you can always find the app Patreon or the uh, actual website, patreon.com, or in the episode notes. Uh, And finally, if you uh, like the show and appreciate, we appreciate all your feedback. You give us one of those five star child reviews on iTunes. That's uh, always greatly appreciated. It helps uh, get us out there to the masses and, uh, keep building up the program so we greatly appreciate that and finally i like to always end we uh these episodes with famous last words so those are lyrics from the album sunny you're up first buddy she had the face of an angel smiling with sin a body of venus with arms dealing with danger stroking my skin let the thunder and lightning start. Do those lyrics work with Nicole or no? Uh, I'm going to go try right now. <laughs> uh, thunder. She, she's going to be like thunder and lightning. It's sunny out now. It's it's. There's no there's no storms coming. Ooh, what are you talking? That was what are you talking about? Sunny. So yeah, there's no sunny. That's right. Good. Well done. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go dark on you, bitches. Okay. Yeah, don't don't try these lyrics with Nicole, Sonny, okay? <laughs> As you lie there naked, like a body in a tomb, suspended animation. As I slip into your room, 
I'm your night prowler. Oh, there's so many great lyrics or really terrible lyrics I could pick (laughs) from that, but I didn't want to frighten Sonny anymore. He's he's already up. He's already upset. Sensitive individual. He is. He's already upset. So for me, I think the quintessential lyrics of this album, the Bon Scott era and Bon Scott himself. Here we go. Hey, Satan, pay my dues. Playing in a rocking band. Hey, mama, look at me. I'm on the way to the promised land. Oh, got a lot. God bless Malcolm Young. God bless Bon Scott. Tom, thank you. Sonny, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on again. Love me some ACDC Highway to Hell, baby. Sonny, thank you. Guys, listeners out there, thank you. Zeus, as always, thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed this because we sure did too. See you next time. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.